Shout out from the quarantine <laughs> episode 53 of Red River podcast out in Brooklyn today. Um, finally get to sit down with, with our buddy Chris Enriquez. Is this microphone sanitized? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we wiped down everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. Who's the last guy? <laughs> we, uh, we had one of the guys downstairs squeegee it by the bridge. Sick. Jeff Sick. was last on that, I think. He, he was on one of those boat cruises. He oh, yeah. Fe- <laughs> it didn't feel well when he came back. That is, yo, that is pretty true, actually. <laughs> From Black Label Society? Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, we just wanted to sit down with you and just kind of... Um, so I'm a big music guy. Langan's a big music guy. Word. And we love to just talk shop. We love to just kind of like sit and hang out and talk pure minutia. So um, I, you got a lot of cool things going on. Um, and I uh, just wanted to touch base with some of those things. Nice. I do that all day long. I talk fucking... Uh, Music yeah, and that's fucking it. nonsense. Oh well, well, it's called useless information, is what me and my friends call it. You're in the right this. place. Yeah, yes. you're in the right place. <laughs> exactly. Great. This great. Google does not exist here. That's no. what I want to <laughs> just throw it out there. I have very little information of value. Yeah, in my right. Head. Like zero. It I don't keep, have room for it. it. Keeps me excited while I'm quarantined in my own apartment. Yeah, you know, no just doubt. to know about uh, why a guitar player from fucking Queens <laughs> plays a certain style that I still listen to. Sure, <laughs> man. I get it. I got it. I got it text from from my buddy the other day and he asked me what um the name of this movie was um this horror movie that i posted about recently and i was like yeah i was like i know exactly what he's talking about i sent it back to me he's like i knew you would know and in my head i'm thinking like that's right of course i would know i'm that guy too in the circle like (laughs) you probably know this yeah you guys talk a lot about horror movies that's that's kind of a basis right in a way or is it just or is it lists a lot of horror. We've done a lot of horror. We've done definitely. a lot of horror stuff, um, but I mean, it's just about really any everything. A lot of stuff we came up with, you know, especially yeah. like I know for me, like being into metal and horror just went hand, hand in hand. hand as a youth, you know. Very lifestyle is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was like hand in hand for sure. Like, you know, like you, especially in the 80s. You yeah, because every horror movie had like a like Wasp was going to do the song for that. Yeah. Dawkins. Or this. Right. Was it, who was Wasp or yeah, Wasp George Wasp the Ghoulies. Song. No, it was um, Scream you're thinking you about like Dream Warriors? Thinking about, n- yes, yeah. that was Nightmare, Nightmare on, Street on Elm Street, where they're like, yep. Freddy Krueger is walking around and they're playing in the, yeah. in the house. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he you comes know, out yeah. of the wall, grabs George Lynch during a solo, yeah. drags him away. I actually hell? have a George Lynch story if you want yes. to hear I would love to. I'm a big fan, <laughs> you, man. You came to the right place. Oh, yes. Well, I know his daughter. I met his daughter. I have to be careful what I say, but she's this, this gorgeous um, girl that lives in L.A., and she's kind of like in the music scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, So I go out to L.A. a lot for, for music, mainly because of my, my day job at Revolver, so I go to this thing called NAMM. Which is like kind yeah, of tell uh, everyone what it is. NAM is the uh, was it the National Association of Music Manufacturers? I think oh. I said that right. So if you play anything, if you're a DJ or mm-hmm. if you're a um, a rock musician, put it this way: like if you were Duff McKagan or Stevie Wonder, and your sponsors have been giving you free shit for your whole career, they probably go, "We just need you to do one thing every year and show up at this place, mm-hmm. sign some autographs." take some pictures oh, that's and cool. hang out yeah. with people. So like, right. you go to this thing and you kind of like walk around and see all these random people. And if you're a musician like we are, the goal is like, oh, maybe I could network and get a sponsorship. It never works that way. But mm-hmm. people pay this money to go do that and they just try out new shit too, which is cool. So you I mean, everything's out. a network, really. Sure. Yeah. You got to enter the, the matrix. Mm-hmm. Well, I was hanging out one day and um, – it's not abnormal to see like you know David Coverdale walking around because you're in Anaheim, not too far from LA, and you see all these guys. Shout out to Tony Katana. Yeah, like all the like Carmen <laughs> Apice. Yeah, yeah. You'll see these guys just randomly walking around. And I was in a hotel talking to a friend that worked at ESP, and I swear to God, fucking out of nowhere, George Lynch shows up. It, it was shirt like or no shirt? Like, well, that's what I'm going with. So <laughs> it's, right. it's almost like it, it, you know, um, like made up, but it's not. Like he showed up. Um, What's the way that they say it? Like, uh, like you couldn't have written it better. He showed up with a guitar strapped behind his back, not in a case. Oh. Um, he was probably doing a demo or something with a um, button up, but like kind of halfway button up. So he had a chest, mm-hmm. kind of just yeah, almost like a, 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 a guy in front of a, a, a novel. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, novel. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like asking this guy that <laughs> yeah. I was with like some simple did- question, like what time does this party start? But I'm like, did that just happen? It's like, what, George? I'm like, no, like. With the guitar and the outfit, he's like, "Yeah, that definitely happened." Like, yeah, I just needed to verify Was that because that's ridiculous. How many NAMs have you been to? Uh since twenty fourteen, six. <laughs> so a lot. So wait, wait, since what? Twenty fourteen, once so a every year. Okay, year so it's twenty fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so by now you're kind of like used to some things, but I guess something like that still. I hate going. It's not even fun anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm at that point now. It's like, I've had enough of this. Even though, because it's just been there, done that. Up and what does Revolver do there? We used to hang out there and give out magazines because we were part okay. of the Guitar sure, sure. World and Bass Player Magazine Network. Which oh, I didn't know that. Not anymore. But so, like, if if you wanted to see who was on the front cover of Guitar World or just pick up an issue of Revolver or Bass Player, we we had a booth uh, set up where people could come uh, check shit out. But we we mainly. We'd go there to talk to advertisers. Right. Be like, oh, what do you have coming up now? It's a new new guitar pedal. Let's talk about like who who's using it. Zach Wilde's using it. Cool. Like, let's let's do a giveaway. Yo, shout you out know. to Pinch Harmonics. Word up. Yeah. Oh, Pinch Harmonics. <laughs> I I never knew how to do Pinch Harmonics. <laughs> I still don't. Yeah. I only do it by mistake. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> That's what I call happy accidents. You basically are there for like the last six years. What's like the most like I guess tedious part of the trip? Because to me, like for for people like the, us that don't travel to something like that, it sounds like a, a kind of like a, a good time. It is and it isn't. I mean, like it's still work, I guess. But it's work. Yeah, it's work. But like, how would I explain it? When you're actually working the thing, you have to. It's like a, the best way to put it. It's Guitar Center times. Mm. 
a hundred thousand say no more in a gigantic <laughs> Quite like, a, fucking yeah, yeah. conference room. So like, so like, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> no, here. you just ruined it for me. <laughs> so, yeah, the entire room, not just guitar. You're probably dealing with uh, somewhere in the vicinity of a thousand guitar players playing at the same time. Oh, a thousand bass players, people playing keyboards, people playing trumpets, a uh, hundred, hundreds of people playing drums. And you're having business meetings talking about budgets, and you're like, "Hey, yeah, that's really cool. So, what's that all about?" And it's just fucking all day long, all day. Wow. Then, you, then you hear like that Phil Collins drum fill in between, and you're just yeah, like, "What the yeah, fuck totally. is going?" On? But then you'll like turn around. I'm not, I'm not even. You'll turn around and be like, "Oh, there's Green Day walking by Steve Harvey. There's Sinbad in a wheelchair, and oh, there's <laughs> fucking like, yeah. like fucking you know." Half of Deftones walking around. It's just like it's a weird place. Sure, <laughs> that that is a we. That's a good band name. Sinbad in a wheelchair. <laughs> I saw him in a wheelchair two years in a row. I don't know why he was in a wheelchair, but he was there last month in a wheelchair, and he was there the year before in a wheelchair. He's probably uh, it's probably just some pimp shit. Like, <laughs> I ain't walking around he here. Up, You're yeah, gonna wheel me yeah. around this show. It's like you got a cane. It's like nah, so we got a wheelchair. It's like I'll take it. Yeah. Like you all right? Yeah, I just don't want to walk anymore. <laughs> Over it. You know what? When you get to a certain age, maybe you are kind of like overwalking. You're just like, I don't want to walk anymore. You probably have so many steps you can take in a lifetime, yeah. and you're like, yeah. I'm gonna hold on to some. He's got. I'm fit, gonna he's take got it fit easy bit. for five years. So when I'm eighty, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get I around these. Then I can walk again. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to pivot. By the way, we were talking about horror movies. And oh George no, no, Lynch. yeah, that's fine. Because that's exactly what the show is. Yeah. Though. Okay, we talk okay, about okay. George Lynch and end up with Sinbad. <laughs> yeah. In a wheelchair. Somebody's <laughs> got to bring back the movie video like total recall terminator 2 vibe where there's a band playing and mm-hmm. then there's a randomly a scene from a movie or a character yes. walking around no one does that anymore yes. deadpool did that with guns and roses clint eastwood oh so, yeah that's so right. that was 1989 they were in that um yeah. jim carrey played the junkie that that od'd and yes. guns and roses played in the background because that was like that was like one of the times so you figure that was 89 so it was a couple of years after appetite mm-hmm. and you know you don't really have access to this shit. I was like 11, uh, but that was like a really groundbreaking record for me. Um, oh, same. And yeah, yeah. you, but you, you know, sometimes you hear shit and you're like, oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. How do I get that? I want to listen to that, but you don't know. Wait, you, so your first exposure to guns was the dirty, the, the Eastwood <sighs> Probably movie? not. Oh. But like, for example, I remember the movie Shakedown. That was 1988. That was Sam Elliott and uh, Peter Weller. And the commercial had, um, um, purple haze. So okay. I'm 10, and like my parents listen to shitty music. I don't know what your parents listen to. You're probably you, you big, big <laughs> Jerry band. the Pacemakers. <laughs> we had some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> Did you? Well, I mean, Bing also Crosby. like I, this is funny because it's a Long Island thing, but like right. we, Billy first, Joel, how first, dare you? Yes, my first memories right. of like hearing anything exciting were. Uh, I think it was Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Okay. That um, is very just long. Billy Joel in yeah. general. I was on the North Shore. But yo, know, Guns N' Roses were life changing. I like got into Guns N' Roses. When did Appetite come out? Eighty seven. Right. I remember listening to them in my single digits and I was born in nineteen eighty, but I saw them in nineteen eighty nine in Long Island with Ooh. Skid Row. And Axel showed up at Nassau Coliseum two and a half hours late on a helicopter. <laughs> In a helicopter. Totally. Do you imagine sense. how detached from reality you have to be to <laughs> yeah. just do it? Like, like, where was he? I don't know. But it was between Appetite and... It was between Lies and okay. Illusion. So they, Matt Storm was on drums and they played 
all that like November Rain and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. they weren't singles, so we didn't know. I, I, Illusion hasn't come out yet. Sure. Oh, so we got uh, to see. Fucking, so you hear November Rain, you're like, "What is this song?" Right, yeah. we heard, um, uh, even uh, I think um, you could be mine, possibly. Yes, because out. that was Terminator Two, right. right? Which is sticking to the theme of what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, we got the, bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, we're bringing, bringing it right. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Terminator <laughs> Two. That was like 1991, mm-hmm. and you could be mine because that was like a big deal. It's like, okay, use your illusions are not out. It's not out yet, mm-hmm. but we're gonna premiere this fucking Guns N' Roses song, and uh, man, right? Yeah. Fucking so good. Yep. I know, I know. You guys might be a l- like, you don't know if you're older than me. I'm 40. I'm older. I'm gonna be 40 this year. Oh, but... would you? <laughs> this okay. guy, young blood. This guy could be your dead. <laughs> well, I just, I know the demo is a lot of fucking Long Island people. So yeah. I was gonna say, I remember this kind of shows your age, like. I remember before Illusion came. Oh, I got Illusion at a flea market in Carl Place at mm-hmm. the racetrack by um, by Roosevelt Field Mall, and that's yeah. when like people fucking sold bootlegs, and it was a big deal. Yeah, so, oh, like, yeah. so somebody you had, remember bootleg yeah. cassettes and okay. movies? Yeah, but yeah. somebody had an advanced copy, like cause, like third generation, like dubbed. Uh, of huge illusion and it wasn't out yet and mm. i remember buying it and it was like it was a fucking fraud like i got gypped basically. oh you got gypped so uh, it wasn't it wasn't what i thought it was i think it was like a lot like a live concert with some songs that they played for yeah you. There, there was one a big bootleg of theirs that floated around i actually had it on like a fucking seven inch or some shit it was called Baked on mess or something else. I had them covering like Mama Kin live, moved to the city, yeah. a bunch of shit. It was recorded like shit. Might have been ended like, up on lies, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, did you? Did I? No, no, no. Am no I fucking you up? No, no worries. Cool. Oh, this is all interesting stuff to me. I don't know about you guys. I love this shit. 100%. <laughs> you got the right guy. This 100%. is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, like I told you, we did If I Ruled the World, which was very much autobiographical, and we like talking to people. This, this is like. You know, this is my thing, though. You know, we like just talking complete nonsense. One of my favorite things, even like on, I love watching clips of musicians talking about other musicians yeah. that they get into, respect, or what made them and stuff. That sure. shit fascinates me, man. You know, because it, 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 it is, it's like the mosaic that makes you, you know, what you produce today. You know what I mean? But, like but what no, feeds yeah. that. You but know? also, it's like for people, you know, like our age, and we still play music, except you. No. But you listen to enough music to almost cancel I'm just, that. I'm out. waiting for a big comeback. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, D- I'm keeping them people yes. waiting. You know? Yeah, yeah. People you're... really calling for me to make a comeback to this <laughs> the scene. You're DJing though, so that's yeah, technically, yeah, yeah. if anything, in 2020, very much considered. I know, but drum and bass doesn't really count. <laughs> no one wants to hear that shit. I'm a loose. I'm like Axel. I'm just gonna like pop up. Yeah, you're gonna pop up two and a half hours late to a DJ in a helicopter. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, that's yeah. a great. So I saw them once, and that was when it was like just him, <laughs> him and four other guys. Right, Buckethead. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, was it Buck? No, Buckethead wasn't in the band. So well, this was like DJ, DJ Ashba. Ashba. Yeah. Um, Frank. Uh, Frank's awesome. Stinson. And uh, was you know, like Bumblefoot I, dude in there. Yeah, oh, Bumblefoot. Yeah. Bumblefoot was there, and you know, he did. You know, Bumblefoot produced Indecision. And most precious blood. Really? Yeah, he really? did unorthodox. I did not know his that. name is on there. I apologize if I'm mixing that up with, Mo- but like he, yeah, I actually no, he did. I'll, he I'll look did it up right now. Unorthodox. He's from, and I actually no, I asked him that too. He's because he's from Brooklyn, and he produced a bunch of bands like that back in the day. Wow. Mm-hmm. Shit. But uh, so like people 
I mean, I don't know how many Guns N' Roses fans are going out. Again, I'm I'm a I'm a master of useless knowledge, but um, sure. you know, this is information Preach. that's going to get me nowhere. But um, but yeah, I got he, you on the show, man. Yeah, <laughs> if anything, yeah, I got you on a show. Like we left our our uh, quarantine to come to your quarantine. For I real. can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, Ron Bumblefoot Thal discography, uh, 1998. He co-produced. Uh, indecision and uh, unorthodox and most precious blood. Jeez. Well, the album most precious I had blood. No fucking indecision. idea. Pretty crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. It's all about entering the fucking matrix. That's what I always say. Like yeah. if you once you get in, I, and you're good, and people like that's it. You you're, you're in. He did the Shy Halud indecision split that came out on Revelation in 1998. <laughs> I would never have known that in no. a million years, especially yeah. with a name like Bumblefoot. There you have it. <laughs> you know. But um, so recently you did something cool. I wanted to bring up because um, I'm a big Ice T fan. Oh yeah, and I'm a big Sean Winkler fan. Shout out to the Butcher. The Butcher, he's <laughs> yeah. a Long Island guy, right? Yeah, for yeah, sure. That's yeah, that's right, my man. boy. Yep. Um. So what was that all about? So Revolver and and Sirius did something together? Yeah, so Ice-T, well, who started this? The label, uh, Century Media Records, that put out Ice-T's Body Count, um, the new Body Count record, Carnivore, wanted to do a live Q&A session originally before Sean was involved. Cause so check it out. So Sirius and Pandora are now, now yep, yep. the same company. Sirius X and Pandora. And uh, they wanted LL Cool J to interview him what and we and 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 we at revolver like basically like broad we 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 like broadcasting stuff now that's our thing like videos Mm -hmm. uh live videos of bands playing live videos of anything worthwhile that might be relevant to sort of yeah i mean you guys are a media company so yeah so you know but uh, yeah, so that didn't work out. Then it was gonna be Jose Mangan, um, oh. and 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 I love Jose, but I'm also really glad Sean got um, you know his time to shine because hell yeah, he is one of us. He's he's yes. from the scene. He's still championing even like like when I saw him, he's wearing a sanctioned shirt. Like I think he's he's still very much in tune with like he will pop up at AMH. He'll he'll pop up everywhere. Yeah, you know he still goes to shows. I love Jose too, but I mean like yeah, it's cool to see Sean. Sean's great, yeah. Get his thing. So to get off, you know, track, but yeah. So basically, it was like a Q and A for the record. It's a Q and A for the record. Sean, it was album release day, presented um, by presented Revolver. By Revolver, and then Arizona Ice Tea. <laughs> All right. So they only served Arizona Ice Tea at the event. Gross. Sean okay. did the interview. <laughs> we streamed it online, and then I think it was a Thursday, and the album came out on the Friday. Did you listen like to that. it? They were playing it through, like after the event was over, they played it. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, they had yeah. collab collabs. They have fucking Riley from Power Trip, which mm-hmm. is really oh really cool. yeah. Yep. He sings on a song. Um, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, I know they did a couple other ones. It was the one with a girl. Who was the girl? It's Amy from Evanescence. That's is who on it was. Yeah, yeah. Where Ice actually sings, like you know, meaning like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A note, but yeah. Uh, his style is. Yeah. yeah, that's it's crazy. Cool. Here's here's a band that that put out that record. Um, Popular. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> and it just, you know, you, you kind of wrote it off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought There Goes the Neighborhood. There's some really cool songs yeah. on there. Uh, you know, and then you listen to, like, KKK Bitch and, like, weird random shit like that. Mm-hmm. But still, like, Ice-T is legit. Like, a real, per- like, legit. Right. Like, you hear him on oh a podcast. Oh, my pod- God. He's the godfather of yeah. fucking gangster yeah. Like, he fucking sure. is the shit. Um, so, to see him, like, venture out to, to something... 
Um, and I think, uh, you know, hit Lollapalooza and all that other stuff. Yeah. I remember seeing him on that first one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. there wasn't festivals like that cracking, you know, that had that many different styles it of was shit revolutionary going on. At the yeah. Time. It was. And I rem- it wasn't even a big deal. I remember like that day, my friend's like, yo, you ever hear this thing? Do you want to go? Get-? And we just drove to the tobacco store, bought some tickets, <laughs> drove yes. to- and then <laughs> like, wow, fucking Nine Inch Nails playing Pretty Hate Machine and yeah. shit, Ice-T, fucking Rollins Band, oh, Susie, yeah. James. Silence, I mean, fucking Rollins, insane, man. Sure. Yeah. So good. But that definitely had an influence on him, I think, too. You know what I mean? No, Expanded, for sure. Yeah. I think he started kicking it with Rollins and stuff like that. And, and um, you know, he got real players to, to do real shit. And it's sure. funny that, yeah. you know, you take a long ass break. He, he has his acting job and he comes back. And like the last like three body count records, like I mean, they got nominated for a fucking Oscar. I mean, well, Oscar Grammys. Grammy. Well, they played the Grammys. Yeah, like yeah. I don't think they played. Crazy. I don't remember what song it was. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna guarantee it probably wasn't talk shit get shot. But no, probably yeah. not. It was, it was for yeah. the it was the, for the record after that. Yeah, Maybe right. it was for like the hoodie. Oh, oh, it was the hoodie. Yeah, the hoodie yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Black hoodie. Yep. Yeah. 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 No, I uh, I I agree with you. I mean, it's so interesting too. I I my um assumption is that because he's so real. I was just talking about this with someone the other day, but like I, I feel like he must have found that he related more to the mm-hmm. culture of like whatever you want to call it, heavy music, right. because of how hip hop has turned into more about the glamour and all that. You know sure. what I'm saying? So like, I feel like maybe he saw something in heavy music that just kept him because he's been doing this longer than hip hop at this point in his life. Mm. Yeah, if you think about That's- it. He's put out, yeah. I mean, I I could he, be wrong, but yeah, I'm pretty yeah. That sure. that that hip hop album that he, the straight hip hop album he put out last Just recently, year, yeah, that was he hadn't done he hadn't anything done, like that he, in a long yeah, time, yeah. yeah so he might but be he, right. he also did something like where he put out. Uh, I don't know if the third video came out yet, but the first one was Feds in My Rear View. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that was yeah. one of the best songs that he put out in the last fucking twenty years. Well, you I'm look at his career. Oh I mean, God. I'll send it to you. He's probably got some. Fu money from Law and Order all those years. He's in a perfect place to be like, I'm just can do whatever I want, like you know, creatively yes. right now, and yeah. just pick it, you know. And that's the best place to be. Sure. Um, where you could pay your bills, which I'm sure the TV show pays his bills. Oh my god, are you, it's the mm-hmm. longest running yeah. TV show in the history oh, of television. It. They've already broken the record. Yeah. And they are all the longest cast members to also ever um it started with like one of the older dudes it was like the longest Jerry Orbach was it I think it was Bells the Bells Bellser. oh Bells <laughs> yeah. he was like the longest character ever running on like a yeah because he was on a uh was it Brooklyn um there was another sh- Brooklyn or, or, Z- no Homicide okay oh, and yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that Munch character was on Munch that's right on like another <laughs> show Munch. like it just he always played that character yeah you know for so long I mean what a gig! Shout Jesus. out to them. God so bless. So I guess that that event went over. It looked like it went pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Okay. Um, yeah, right. I something weird happened at that event. I don't you, know if I should fart? talk about it, but I, I might as well. But like, I you shit your pants. Everyone knows about the um, the glossing <laughs> right over. It. You know the Cro-Mags beef between the two. Oh, because right. dude got Harley's stabbed right opening. at one of the shows. Well, there, there, well, that happened, but m- <laughs> like, uh, not what I'm referring to is how like there's two Cro-Mags. Yes, yeah. Rose. And Cro-Mags Harley's playing yeah. the, the body count show. Yeah, so they're, well, now that's uh, supposedly being postponed. Um, I don't know when this is airing, but that's on Sunday, so by the time this airs, oh, yeah. probably old mm-hmm. news, but like, um, I wore a Cro-Mags hat that I got I don't know Harley. I'm just going to set the record straight. Okay. I, I, I'm a fan. I sure. got 
I played a show recently that Harley was at, and he, uh, I guess, I told him I was a big fan, and he gave someone a hat to give me, and I wore it. And anyone that um, is close with the two Chromags can tell the difference between the new merch and the old merch. And oh, I was wearing shit. that. And I posted a photo of myself wearing the hat, woke up the next day, and Harley Flanagan posted a photo of me wearing the hat on the Chromags page on on Instagram. And I, was, I, I didn't do anything about it, but I was pretty horrified. Just because right. I'm a fan of what all those guys do, but it was um, just one of those things. I'm like, I don't want to walk out my you don't, door you don't and be have anyone think that I took a side. I was just, I was literally just wearing the hat and I yeah. posted a photo of myself at my own event and the last thing I thought that was going to happen was that this guy was going to post a photo of me <laughs> on his, and he did. Right, right. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh man, yeah. I guess yeah. you, uh, you know, it's 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 such a touchy thing that it's like it's I, just let them sort it out. <laughs> like, right. yeah, nothing happened. Like I'm just so, a fan of the band. That's yeah, it. just like the band for sure. Yeah, for yeah. real. <laughs> and, and, and it's funny. So like, if if we flip over to Total Meltdown, like I was telling Langan before, so. Mm-hmm. You start playing in a band, playing guitar, right? And to me, like a lot of those songs, really are reminiscent to like Chromags and early uh, like Suicide. Suicide, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, like you guys were saying before. Well, also the thing that was concerning is my new band, Total Meltdown. It was me and my singer. We haven't played a show yet. We just came out with a new record, and Harley posts a photo of me and my singer and my new band on their page. So just like in the hardcore scene, especially in New York, it almost looks as if we are uh, endorsing yeah. him. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't we I'm like, I can't believe that just happened. But uh yeah, like like you guys were saying before about movies and mm-hmm. music. I watched um what was that Christian Slater where he's a skateboarder in the cube. Yeah. And that got me into suicidal. So I was really into suicidal tendencies and that kind of stuff early on and you know like you, Sam, and I'm sure both of you, like yeah. I have a wide variety of music tastes. Like you know a lot about yeah, black man. metal, which is very impressive. I I've always just for some reason ended up in like indie ish bands with a little bit of an aggressive edge that right. have some spacey element to it. Like every band I've ever really <laughs> been known to be in okay. has that in common. But I through that entire time I've been in bands like that, I was always listening still on a regular basis to Chromags agnostic front suicidal since like the day that i got into those bands i still listen to those records at least once a month how do you how do you think like influences work because i i've had this conversation before um like we put my band's video up on something called punkers tv yeah because just because it was a huge site and um you know everyone seemed to like it and then you know i mean it was a bunch of views too it was like almost like eleven thousand views jeez I yeah, I mean, who knows how that happened? But um, <laughs> all the all their videos get that much. I think but, I saw the your video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil Neil Rubens made That's it. That's right. Us. It was really good. Yeah. Um. So, and these guys that are probably wearing mohawks or whatever it is, like, like some of them were like, I see zero element of punk in this. Music. Oh, I know what you're and saying. And I'm just like, oh. Okay, maybe you're right. I don't know. I, to me, like I, I had no idea that I was like so far off the mark. <laughs> but like the gatekeepers, as, they're everywhere. But as, as far as like influences go, um, so the stuff I listen to is never the music that let's say Playing Dead turned into. So that's right. that's it's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I mean, you're a songwriter, so that probably is a little different. Like I've been playing as a drummer in people's bands, and I never wrote 
any of the songs that I have mm-hmm. ever played in any of these bands. Mm-hmm. So Total Meltdown. I mean, you, you brought. Yeah, well, I brought you, my you, style. Yeah, yeah sure. but Total Meltdown, I wrote like 90%. you the main of, guitarist? Yeah, I'm the only guitar player. Oh, so there's only one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny because when I hear it, I do almost like I I I almost even hear like a like a like a slight you know like on those like bends and pinches right. sure like a, some Gavin in there too oh I totally yeah and that's like you know <laughs> as a New Yorker you know which is so cool about just uh, I, the thing I love about hardcore and New York specifically is that um, we have like these like legendary guys even in Long Island we were talking earlier like mm-hmm. I don't know how many people in the world listen to Tripface but to me Tripface might as well be fucking like yeah. up there with like. The Melvins are sure. fucking Sonic Youth to me, you know, like, so like we still have these guys that we see walking around that might not even be playing in bands anymore. But, but we I, know. We know and right. I'm influenced by them. So like, sure. you know, Gavin um, does have fans, you know, obviously, but like I'm like incredibly inspired by like Die 116 and everything burn, obviously. But like, yeah, that's totally coming out. And But but like you said, like you, you know, growing up listening to like Suicidal and all that other stuff. So that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but yet, like, you know, like a lot of the bands that you came out of the gate with, obviously on, on the Might of Princes, later on um, Gracer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's funny. You it's never funny, really, yeah. you never got a chance to, to exercise that muscle because even like in Primitive Weapons or, or certain bands that were a little heavier, it wasn't that straightforward style. So how long, like, how long have you had these riffs for? Some of them, like the first song on the ep i've had for years and and you know like you know what you know, i like total meltdown off total meltdown yeah. from total Meltdown, like all three oh, totally. mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't know it's like run guys. the jewels it's like you know you have um you kind of just like sit on stuff right and 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 you know at least for me like i've always had like hardcore songs in my arsenal but there, but and and then one day I was like, you know, I'm gonna turn forty. I mean, I'm this is serious. I was like, I'm gonna turn forty soon. I I want to do this because yeah. at a certain point, not saying that if you're forty five and older you can't right. fucking start a band. Still time. Why are you that. looking at me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I got some jokes from people like, oh, you decided to start a fucking hardcore band at forty? What are you going through a midlife crisis? Like, yeah, yeah. sort of. But uh, you know what? <laughs> That's righteous though. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? And yeah. and so when did you start playing guitar though? I started playing guitar really early on. There was a fucking, this is funny, actually. There was a guy uh, that worked at Sam Ash in Carl Place in Long mm-hmm. Island who was, um, it was, it must have been in the 80s, in the late 80s. He was in a Burger King commercial playing a uh, glam metal guy and he like burst into Burger King like fucking shredding solos <laughs> while people were eating and there was some kind of like narrative where Whoever was singing, I love the eighties. Fucking so great! Uh, so like, much cocaine yeah. ideas. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, exactly. Um, and that guy, I don't know how I made the connection. He was the guy that sold me my guitar at Sam Ash, and he taught me how to play "Smoke on the Water" by Deep Purple. That's where it starts. Um, I mean, yeah, you couldn't really write it better than that. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like four drums. So yeah, yeah, I've been playing guitar. I didn't know that. Yeah. I never knew that. I mean, I'm not. Look, I I don't have my own shit. Like everything I use is borrowed or somebody's stuff. I I showed up to practice the other day for the first time with pedals, and they were in a Shoprite. I said I just said Shoprite. That doesn't exist anymore. In a uh, Walgreens plastic bag. Yeah, and everyone was right. laughing. So I still don't have my own shit, but I sit on my couch and play guitar by myself pretty often. Right. So who who's in the band? Uh so it is. My friend Ralph Torres, who's never been in a band, but the idea was 
he sings along at every show since we were kids. Mm-hmm. Like you, he's on the back of an indecision shirt. Um, with like the you know those hardcore shirts where there's a guy fucking screaming to the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just been that guy for so long. So, so he's I, like the watch. I was just gonna yeah, say he totally is. And actually, it's funny the watch. It, yeah, totally. I just vi- took video of the watch at Killing Time. They gave just, him a microphone and made him sing. I yeah. just hung out yeah. with him last night. That's great. I love the watch. Um, that guy's been in more pictures. Yeah, than it. I've ever anyone I've ever met. He's every like a, show. He's like the the statue. Yeah, totally. He's always lifted up. Somebody called him the New York hardcore gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, though. We have characters here. Like, I'm assuming they have them in other scenes, but like, sure. I have a feeling that they're not as cool as the ones we have. Because you always see Ron Grimaldi with his long hair and the watch next to each other, and it looks amazing. Lucky, oh, lucky yeah. me, because I got to hang out with Ron Friday. We went to the Michael Lolago book signing. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I love Michael. Well, just to wrap it up, sure. Ralph... We kind of, even though I had some riffs, the idea was to start a band for him and to shape it around what a band would sound like if he had one. So it was kind of a gift for him okay. that we gave to him. That's and, so cool. And yeah, yeah. And then my friend Corey, who played, was he the band always called, on board with that? Like, or was he shy? We made jokes for years about how he needed to be in a band, and like, I mean, I would hear him scream when people would put the mic out right. and it's like, it's not rocket science. You don't have to be the best, but like, we're like, we can do this. Sure. And he ended up being better than I thought. He's really into hip hop. So he had a kind of like a hip hop when he finally some got of the delivery. Mic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the delivery was like, uh, like Chaka yeah. meets, sure. um, you know, like, like Chaka meets Ray Capo youth of today era is kind of how I feel he ended up, yeah. ended up sounding. But, uh, Corey Bonfiglio from Aeschylus, Okay. Is on drums, who's usually a guitar player, and then my friend Drew Castle, who plays in a band called Perfect Worlds, is on bass. Oh, with Brian Wallace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the and, band. And uh, Jay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know those guys very well, but I, I so I'm nodding and saying yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah Actually, yeah. no. I think he replaced Jay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jay's a great designer. He's a good designer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you guys released a fucking EP. So, like, uh. Are you going to play shows? Yeah. Well, our first show is with Killing Time oh, at nice. a Sunday matinee at A7. It's free. Oh, with the Drew Stone thing? The Drew Stone thing, yeah. Speaking of Michael Alago. Speaking of Michael Alago. Yeah, did you yeah. watch that documentary? I did. I thought it was awesome. Very Thank good. God it was on Netflix because he has such... I mean, he fucking discovered... Just everything. He didn't, well, he didn't discover Metallica, but he brought Metallica to a major and then of course there's cindy lopper yeah um yeah. so for 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 him to have his story out there and he's not just some guy that found bands his whole background is so fascinating his whole background is amazing uh we did we did an if I, uh, if I ruled the world with him and uh just super nice invited us to his place all that other stuff and it just all be like when he walked into that webster hall mm-hmm. before it was webster or you know whatever it was called oh, right, right. And he was just like, I want to work here. And the guy was like, who the fuck are you? You know? And it was just like that, like fearlessness that kind of like the beginning of his life and how it just put him in um, the direct line of all these things, you know? And it's someone who, man, someone who just takes the wheel. Yeah. You know, and steers shit and uh, you don't miss stuff. Cause a lot, like a, a lot of times in life, you know, even like when I look back, I'm like, Eh, I should have done something more. <laughs> well, the fearlessness is exactly the the key there. I mean, he, and and especially in the movie, I don't want to give too much away because he was a he was a gay kid in mm, New York alert. City in the eighties, <laughs> and 
no one fucked with him. He he talks about that. Yeah, like he was fine. Right. You know? And that was a time when when people were less accepting. Yeah, it wasn't this. He cool. just walked no. into places and like owned his shit. He did. And yeah. Made a career out of it. You know. Yeah. Even when he was doing the book signing, um, I don't. know, You just see him and you like you kind of just want to like high five him, hug him. Yeah. Because he's so I don't know, everyone in that place he acknowledges. Mm-hmm. You know? Like no one's yeah. overlooked. Like he just I don't know. He's just like such a cool dude. And right. you know, you know, make it we're making jokes about like useless info, but like obviously his story was interesting enough from Netflix <laughs> to, yeah. to, to fucking pick it up. So like it's cool that in this like weird sort of uh little niche world that we all live in that there are some people paying attention paying attention and now you know we always talk about music docs yeah like now we're we're to the to the age where things get docs now you know bands fucking get docs the docs books are being written i can learn like so much about these bands i grew up with the dirt was made yeah i'll watch a doc on anybody too yeah anyone (laughs) i watch that little peep one on netflix i didn't didn't watch watch it yet but i'll watch it i was never heard a song but i don't care i don't like learning shit i've never heard a song but um i've never heard of them nah it's just it's a, a rapper. It's a young rapper from Long Island who Oh, oh who Little died. Peep. Yeah, Little Peep. Oh, I did hear yeah. of him. Wasn't it like emo rap or something? Yeah. It's I a, don't even know, but it's a music doc. It's a weird yeah. thing. Like these kids all somehow grew up listening to everything from Nirvana to like, you know, trap music, and mm-hmm. they somehow made this like gumbo <laughs> music and threw it on SoundCloud and it's it reached you know, it's youth culture. Oh no, we which is why we passed really, it. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's not for me. No, I. So I. To me, like I'll never get it. You know, the closest I got to it was Euphoria on HBO. I'm what? in the middle of. I I got to like episode three in. Oh, and I haven't passed it yet. What do you think so far? I think it's like obviously like we are in our like I'm about to be forty. You guys are are, are in your forties, yeah. so it's not like. All right, well, I'll say this: like there, there's there's similarities to shit that I'm sure we all went through, mm-hmm. but there's also elements that are a little more of today's youth yes. that you're just like, oh, okay, I guess that. Like, there's you know, not not going to give away anything, but like, there's there's a everyone like, dies at the end. There's elements of like the um, you know the YouTube culture that we didn't grow up with. So like, sure. what if when I was getting bullied, someone fucking put that on Instagram? You know what I mean? So that like, is a yeah. weird kind of stuff. Yeah, that you know? that's a weird dynamic for sure. Like, um, Dude, you think about all the embarrassing moments you had yeah. in like school days or whatever for it to be one of those moments to be immortalized forever right. on an on the internet it's yeah. like horrifying man. yeah that's an interesting you know, thing for sure it, it kind of gives you a little glimpse into a world that you you know you don't we're lucky that in a weird, well actually we're lucky and we're not lucky because in a weird way i wish i could not to get dark but mm-hmm. i wish that some of the things that happened to me could have been documented yeah so i could be like like so i could just fucking at least point a finger and be like you know, like look with that per- like this. This was like a my life. Like, right, I couldn't fucking go Not anywhere me, I, in my town. I'm like, where's that rug? I'm sweeping. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I was in seventh grade, this this one kid like pushed me, and I fell backwards, and I broke my wrist. Oh, oh man. you know, so like if that was on YouTube, I'd be like, you know, watching it every day, training like Rocky Four. Somewhere yeah. in like the Russian, you know, Alps. kid gets owned. Yeah, kid gets. Yeah, fat kid gets owned. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I I I got into so many fights 
I mean, that's <laughs> fucked up. I'm sorry that I, you have a sense of humor about it. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I got into so many fights, and I didn't start learning how to fight until my late 30s. Um, and I'm not saying I'm, like, the most skilled, but, like, I, I if I could have gone back, and I always tell my friends um, with kids this. I'm like, the best thing you could do for your kid oh, yeah, is to sure. teach them how to, like, enroll them somewhere so they know how to defend themselves. Right. For sure, because yeah. the moment you stop it, you know, like that one kid's going to be like, all right, I'm going to fuck with this guy. Because mm-hmm. even if you're kind of iffy, it's like, this guy might fight back. Like, they're going to go to the one who ain't going to fight back. Yeah. Like going to the so. joint, you know? You yeah, got to so- punch the guy, the biggest guy. That's it. <laughs> That's oh, what you yeah. did, right? <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the joint was funny. But um, so going to you real quick, I, I, you know, I could edit it out if you don't want to talk about it. But no. as far as like uh, training with Gavin, uh, but also sobriety. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just I'm I'm about to be 16 months. Nice. Uh, this month. He's 16 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, come on now. How long have you been sober, Sam? 1998. Good for you. It's 20 wait, <laughs> 20 is that 22 years? years? Almost 22. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um funny talking about Gavin. It's hard to ever do a podcast with me without bringing him up and I'm drinking my burn mug which yeah. you um noticed mm-hmm. but <laughs> I was at a really low point with, um, I was, I still don't consider myself an addict. Um, I know that's like what they tell you not to say, but like, I just had a hard time controlling myself in a party atmosphere, but I was never doing drugs or drinking alone necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, I drank alone sometimes, but I, I just needed, Gavin is somebody I looked up to as a musician, but I kind of knew his story and I knew he'd been sober for a long time. So if I was going to listen to anybody, it had to be somebody like that because I, I tried mm-hmm. meetings and I tried sober um, therapists or, or counselors or whatever. Didn't work for me. It did not work. Um, and I still don't really go to meetings. I mean, I might once in a while for some perspective, but it's not what gets me through. And he generously took me into his gym uh, for free. Like He let me try it out for a month. And I was still using and drinking and doing all sorts of shit, but then like I think he did that because he want, maybe I don't know if it was by design, but it worked. Like, I just want to say the name yeah. of his gym: Physical Culture Collective in Bed Stuy, New York. Okay. Um, but it worked in terms of like I realized I couldn't train and use at the same time. I was getting bloody noses uh, in the middle of doing like sit ups and mm-hmm. shit, and I could barely breathe when I was doing stuff. So I actually got sober doing it. That's what helped me. And then um, I didn't stay so. I did seven months sober. Then I did eight months sober. Fell off both times. And now I'm at 16 and it's way easier. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I still go out. I'm around people using and drinking because sure. it's part of my life. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, Same. I have alcohol in the house. I'm not drinking it. It's for my friends. Like, right. I thought you guys might want drinks, but no, nah, I don't. <laughs> don't drink. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm an open book about everything, so there's nothing you can ever yeah. ask me. Yeah. I'm pretty good with that. But um, so that that brings us to the band that you're currently in, Spotlights. Yes. Which um, how did you? I I know that you weren't the original drummer. So how did you meet up with Spotlights? I was Dave Castillo, the owner of St. Vitus and the booking guy there, like basically like played spotlights for me because he came across his desk, so to speak. And I'm a really big fan of bands like Failure and Shiner. That's and that's Perfect Circle. Yeah. yeah like, oh, man. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's funny. Everything you just described is exactly what they sound like. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I heard. You know, I, I like Spacey Rock. And know? Auto Lux. Yeah. Auto Lux was dope. Um, and like, yeah, exactly. And, and, and so 
when he played it for me, he kind of played it for me in the um, pretense, like this band sounds like something that you would listen to. And, mm-hmm. and he, and, and I think he even said like, it sounds like you the, dr- whoever's playing drums, it sounds like you playing. It's like weird. And this so was I, during primitive weapons with you guys. Yeah. So yeah. like, so I actually felt bad because I don't think that when he gave that to me, that he intended for me sure. to like spend more time playing in someone else's band. Cause yeah. we were in primitive weapons sure. together, but, um, and he was cool with it, but like I watched him play, ironically opening up for Shiner. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I saw them play a few times, and I re- really got into the band. It was really uh, kind of um, different from a lot of the. There's a lot of metal going on, a lot right. of hardcore and stuff like that at the time in 2016. Still now, but a lot of doom. Everyone sounds like Sabbath around here. That is know? so true. Like yeah. Master of Reality is like the Bible for like. Oh yeah. That's like the new thing now. It's like, which is cool. Yeah. But that's there's a, cool. lot yeah, there's a lot of those bands. A lot of those. Yeah, those I bands. just had a major research, and so I was just stoked to hear like a spacey rock band, you know. Yeah. And um, I introduced myself at St. Vitus. They were super cool. We became friends. I would never thought that i would be in the band or like that was never like part of the conversation it was just like you guys are awesome that was great um and then they called me the singer called me one day like a year later and wouldn't tell me who they were touring with and told me that their drummer couldn't finish a tour and i told him i was too busy at my job with revolver and i couldn't do it i just said no immediately right and um and then he bro- he he broke his rule, I guess, and was like, "Well, all right, well, it's with the Deftones," and and I just immediately, <laughs> without letting him speak, and he he was he was like, "It's with the Deftones," and refused. And I'm like, "Oh no, no, I can I can figure that out." And we just work started that laughing. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Really? Just like that, huh?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah." I'm like, I mean, I'm come like, on. I'm like, "Yeah, I I I could figure it out." Yeah. I, Had the sweet know. in the deal. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, ended that's, up doing that. That's- <laughs> You know, like if someone asked me if I wanted to, like, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, move chairs around at that show, I'd be like, I think I could do that. Yeah, I could squeeze well, it. I, I have schedule. also given up. I had given up. I'm sure we can relate to this. Like, music is so hard. Yes, sure. At that point in my life, I straight up had given up on the idea of, like, being in a real full-time, I, I don't want to say real, all bands are real, but, like, in a full-time touring Something band. Something where you could support yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was, the whole idea of trying to be in a band and tour and get signed, I was actually, like, telling my family and a lot, of, and who, who I was dating at the time, like, I was like, I'm done touring, because I tried for so long, and... I had even stopped playing in bands for a while. For like two years, I quit Primitive Weapons. So when that came up, it was literally. Do like I really want to go me. back? Yeah, right. but that was worth it. And, yeah, and you know, obviously, yeah. Thirty six. I'm four. I'm gonna again. I'm gonna be forty this year, and um, I've never been more dedicated to playing music. More even back when I was it's doing a, it. My it's 20s. amazing because yeah. it happens. You know, and sometimes it happens to the right person. Yeah. You know, someone like you, someone like Angie Boylan, who's in Slater Kenny now. It's insane that Some, she's in Slater Kenny. You know, she's like, oh, I'm playing Forest Hills with Wilco. No big deal. I, uh, yeah. She asked me for drum lessons a few times and I was too busy. Yeah. She's she's am- in, she doesn't need them. Yeah. yeah. Listen, <laughs> she was always amazing. Um, she was. She played in Playing Dead for like six months and then realized that we were awful human beings. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> um, and uh, Dave Case, Helmet. Same oh, my thing. God. Like yeah. eventually... People just 
something happens where, you know, you get put in that position mm-hmm. uh, uh, and lifelong musicians are like just given that ladder to step into the matrix, basically. Yeah. You know what yeah. I think it is, too? And, and, you know, I don't think it's like when you say the right people, it sounds pretentious to kind sure. of accept a compliment like that. I think I realize this now that like. If you, a I mean, lot basically of, you know, a great drummer, and that's what you are. It's, mm-hmm. Thank you. It's a, it does certainly take talent, but I also think that if if you don't leave the scene, which sure. we obviously are still in it, if we're sitting here doing this, like a lot of people are bounced. You know what I mean? And what happens, I think, in New York is when people. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Langan did. I think. I, well, he's doing a podcast, so you yeah. still do. You know, you're yeah. talking to people. But yeah. I, th- I think I that drove. when when you <laughs> when you're a survivor and you stay, like in New York, I can tell you this much: like, I if I if you told me that I could hang out in a bar with Walter Schreifels or sure. work out with Gavin from Burn when I was 16, and they were on the posters on my wall, right. I'd be like, that's nuts. But I think when people don't leave they inevitably end up hanging out with each other or running into each other in the same places because the majority of people in the scene leave. Most of them actually leave. I'd say like, in my opinion, what it seems like to me is like more than 50% of them bounce because they go, I grew out of this. I got married. I got kids. Mm-hmm. I don't play anymore. I got discouraged because my bands didn't go anywhere. Schedule and then they just fucking bounce. And so then everyone leaves and then you go, like literally you walk into a bar and you go, oh, Who's here? It's me, the guy from Youth of Today, the guy from Quicksand, the guy from Mind Over Matter, and then you start to cross pollinate, and it's like, I know your band, I've been listening, and that's how I think a lot of shit ended up happening here. Yeah, um, is that because there was just leftover people from the scene that just didn't want to leave? We just fucking ended up talking to each other, yeah. <laughs> which is cool. It's gonna happen if you just fucking. Like if you stay in the same bar, (laughs) (laughs) literally, if you stay in the same bar for long enough and everyone's bouncing, you're going to be like, you've been here still, like you're still in there. You know, but now you get like someone like Artie, like you said, you listen to Mind Over Matter. Totally. Um, Obviously, Gavin, you did canonize with him. Like these, these are guys that you looked up to that now I've heard personally say how awesome of a drummer you are. So that's, you know, to, to get that, that. Um, compliment from like w- your peers now. That's so cool. It means a lot. I mean, I'm not trying to be the modest guy. I, I'm not the best drummer, but I work with what I have. That's what I've always believed. You know, I, like... you know, work inside your means and kill those exactly. means. Cause like for me, yeah. like I, I'm like, I'm not the best guitar player, but like if you give me a guitar, I'll write you a song in 30 minutes. Getting the totally. job done. I mean, yeah. look at, look at Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the fucking classic example. Like, was he the greatest? No, but he really fucking learned how to take a Beatles song mm-hmm. and make it sound like it was being covered by Black Flag. That was his fucking, that was his trick and he fucking did it. That's pretty good because that's yeah. exactly what Bleach is. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good, funny. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because yeah. He, he, those melodies were definitely influenced by the Beatles. 100%. But the playing was Greg Ginn. Yeah. Right, right. Totally. Every solo on every single Nirvana yeah. song sounded like a Greg Ginn solo. Yeah. Not one fucking song didn't sound and like that. And he was such a, speaking of influences that sometimes don't make sense, when I tell people to me, like my two, like growing up, Kirk Hammett, for me. Right. But I couldn't play like him. Yeah. Right. I couldn't I'm just like I, I don't get it. Um and then Greg Ginn, I was like, Oh, I think I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was so ugly and sloppy and dissonant. But to me, like you either get dissonant dissonance or or you or you don't because some people hear it and they're like oh that's not even the right note and i'm like but it's so good you're absolutely right i was yeah. just talking about that with uh, yeah. justin williams the other day okay shout yeah. out to justin yeah yeah because, like you're you're uh 
Yeah, some people just write clean music because they can't take wrong notes. Yeah. You know, but then you listen to something like um cursive or something like that, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is is designed to be unsettled. Like everything's dissonant. Unreal. You know what I mean? Like when I yeah. first heard Domestica. I mean, Tim Casher is one of the best songwriters ever. Domestica and the Ugly Organ. Like hearing those records, like holy shit, man! They they ruled the world for like three years. Absolutely, and 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 the dissonance played into like the distraughtness of the song. What the song is about? All these songs were about fucking losing your wife or like a marriage ending at mm-hmm. the time. Like you know, which anyway. you should be happy about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Shout! I, I I love my ex girlfriend, but if, if, I, if, I, if, if I was still in that relationship, even she admits that I would have never ended up doing half the shit that I ended up doing. And I'm and I'm not even where I want to be yet. I'm still trying. But still, like for for someone like people ask me how I do everything I do, and I'm thinking like, what do I do? Please, like I don't really, you know, it's like I. I pursue things that I'm passionate about but I don't make a living out of it it's just something right. that I love to you do you enjoy with. it yeah yeah whether it's like I'm either going to a show trying to make a video doing a podcast or writing a song like I that's I go to work and then I do the rest with the 16 hours that I have you require a creative element in your life you know what I, I mean? need that it feeds, yeah, yeah, I absolutely sure. need it but then I see someone like you and I, I jokingly said one day that when I grow up I want it to be like Chris <laughs> 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 which is the grass is always greener because I'm like like when I when you know I, I'm a single guy, yeah. you know what I mean, and it's cool that you're in a relationship and you can play music and do stuff. I've never experienced that, you know. Like I've always had an issue uh, with that. You it's know? tough sometimes, so, you know. But I appreciate the kind words. I uh, what were we just talking about? I was going to comment on the last thing you just said um, to go back. Oh, sure. creative outlets. Yeah, yeah. La- that's why I like this. Um, podcasting is oh, also yeah. a form of yeah of creative outlet because you get to. I mean. Even if you're doing like a DIY thing, which is what you're doing, sure. it's kind of like playing music. Like I'm learning something by talking to people and I love talking to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I listen to podcasts, whether it's the ABC Dateline News mm-hmm. daily so I could hear what happened the night before in a half hour or Joe Rogan yeah. or your fucking shit with George. Like I just think it's such a great outlet and it's a great way for um, people to just sort of give off of each other it's having you know? real conversations as opposed like you know if you see like a professional interview show and they sit down for like five ten minutes and they hit all the points and stuff you don't learn shit about people you know what i mean but right. if you really have a free fo- form thing where you have no time limit talk whatever you want it's when you really get yeah, to know absolutely. somebody you're, you know? you're eavesdropping in a conversation exactly you know and sometimes we'll go certain places and that might be interesting to some people, so that's kind of like you know what we gear it towards, uh, and also like we we get to keep certain things alive. You know, I remember when podcasts first started coming out, like the, the people would bring up bands that I didn't even listen to. Mm-hmm. Maybe like when someone brought up Crowbar, I'm like, oh, I like the first record. I'm like, maybe I should listen to Crowbar. Right. Sure. It's just like this, like it's like a spin cycle of like shit that you forget about sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, Dream Warriors, Nightmare on Elm Street. I haven't seen that in a while. And then you you, <laughs> you stop listening to the podcast after it's over, and you go watch it, and these things almost like never die because you're welcome, Don Dawkins. Are there podcasts about movies? Is that a thing? Listen, there's podcasts sure. about fucking Anything. milking cows. Yeah, because well, yeah, you guys talk about movies a lot. Do you guys, are, do you guys listen to podcasts about movies? Do you? Um, more music 
I find, but uh, there's a couple that are that are pretty good out what there. What are some of the ones that you listen? There's one called like uh, 1980s All Over or something, where they go through each month of each year of the decade of the 80s and the the movies that came out. Real brief analysts about that's pretty cool. So many things you're like, oh my god, I forgot that I fucking like that. movie. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, it gets to the point, stuff like that. How did this get made? Sometimes it's funny where they pick like a you know a really awful movie like a jaws 3d or some shit <laughs> and break it down fully, terrible you know what movie. i mean stuff like that but that was that you know that's one series that had the worst it, that was one of it those was a hard that was one of those yeah one it was like one of, the, <laughs> one of the best movies ever made that had three of the worst sequels ever made easily There's like a bunch of those but that it, one was the like premise of jaws 3 alone like that what the the mother shark is coming back for revenge that's four that's four? Yeah. Is it Michael Caine in yeah. that one? That's <laughs> batshit crazy. The revenge. shark's like going for revenge yeah. to the people that killed, like figured out who yeah. killed its kid, you know? Yeah, that's outrageous. It's insane. You know, what, you know what was ruined for me that was my favorite and I think has still never gotten its justice was, um, I was a comic book guy, but The Incredible Hulk mm-hmm. should have, in theory, been the fucking greatest thing they could have like capitalized off of and done something cool with and there was never shout out to Lou Ferrigno yeah I mean I mean the sh- yeah the show is cool I guess but yeah. like, the show's it, terrible there was, <laughs> that's all we had yeah. that's all we had yeah. there was never a good movie I mean like no um, what was the guy that played? Ruffalo played Ed, one it was Ed Norton did one Ed right Ed Norton did one but he wasn't even happy with it and they and no. like everything that Ang Lee then. did that right I think probably I believe but uh yeah, they never gave you the Hulk you wanted. You just no, wanted just the Hulk to get up. on there and fuck shit up. And they never gave you that, like, you know what I mean? We never got the Hulk we deserved. You know? Even, like, when I went to see, and I'm I'm not a huge superhero guy, but I took my son to see uh, the Infinity Wars thing or whatever. Mm. And, like, I was like, yo, man, the Hulk, dude, watch this, dude. He's going to fuck shit up. You know, I didn't say it to my kid, but... It, <laughs> that would have been great if you turned He was, like, in time. glasses, and, like, the he was, like, that intelligent Hulk or whatever, oh, like, yeah. the oh, glasses and something. I'm like, yeah, but, like, look like the Hulk, and I'm like, he didn't fuck up nothing. Nothing. And yeah, my son's see. like, what? What the fuck was it? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. My dad likes shitty movies. Never dropped the hammer. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, man, so had... so. You, all right, so you get in there, you do that tour. I remember because oh, right. that, played, that played um, Coney Island, right? He played Coney Island. I didn't play that show, but I was there. I almost got kicked off the tour uh, at that show before I even played my first show. Oh, man. What did you yeah. do? Got to hear this. I was Drank somebody's water? I was not. You, no, I... Well, I was 20 drinking. minutes late? I was, uh, I two was, hours late in the helicopter? Yeah, right? My, my band um, has... Uh, had been on the Deftones Refuse tour for a week already with a different drummer, the guy that had to drop off because he had to go back to his job. And mm-hmm. I was going to kind of creep in there and then finish the rest of it, right? So they they already got a taste of what the road life was like in this like huge situation. First tour ever, by the way. Like, for them? Yeah. And, and and my first show ever with the band. Wow. Never never played a club, so it was just a weird entrance. But um, I showed up to Coney Island Amphitheater, and I was not used to, I've played some cool shit but like i wasn't used to the um to the gravity of like of 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 of, of like backstage treatment that they were getting and i think mm-hmm. that i just saw stars and like lost my mind a little bit and let myself go like i i noticed as soon as i got there 
Blue M and M's. No, they were just like <laughs> it was just like an, the the catering was ridiculous, and then the fucking like alcohol spread was unbelievable. Yeah. And there was a guy that, who who worked hospitality. That's when I learned that there was a guy whose job it was was to like replenish all the whiskey, all the tequila, and like everything backstage yeah. whenever it's finished, and that you could take it and bring it with you and leave, like you know, and bring it in the van or whatever you're traveling in, and. uh and I brought a girl with me that I was trying to impress, which was so dumb on my part. <laughs> but I mean, we've all been there. Right. So I show up backstage. Um, they're getting ready to play. Some guy fucking brings a whiskey. And I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? And they're like, oh, that's what he does. And I'm like, really? It's six. I'm drinking. And I'm not playing. The sh- I'm not playing. So they're like, I'm watch. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish yeah. this. He's going to bring yeah. another one. I don't need to stay sober because I'm not playing. Right. And you know when you go watch concerts and there's like the screens on both sides of the stage so that if you're in the back, mm-hmm. you basically see like a, a, a thousand foot version of the lead singer well, or whatever, you know. We're professional stage potatoes. Yeah. We know. Well, yeah. So I... I got pretty drunk at the point that Deftones went on, and I, some of my friends were taking pictures of me on the screen. I was a little close, closer to Chino than I should have been, okay. just rocking out on stage, and I get these text messages. of fo- It's a photo of me next to Chino on stage, and I'm like 700 You're... feet big and oh. next to him. And like I didn't, I just laughed it off and thought it was funny. I didn't like make anything of it, and I spent like most of the show there. No one said anything to me about that being fun. Sure. Go backstage, kind of no Sergio from Deftones because he's a New York guy. So, like, I got a little too comfortable and uh, I was like pretty drunk and I was hanging out backstage in their dressing room, just sitting down. No no one in the band seemed to have a problem with it, but um, the red flag was that the tour manager noticed me on the screen earlier on and saw me in their room, saw me drinking, could tell I was wasted. Yeah. And he said to my future bandmates, and it's amazing I didn't get kicked out. I had so many reasons why I should have gotten kicked yeah. out. Um, they were like, uh, the, the tour manager was like, who's that guy? Pointed me, pointed at me. Like, oh, that's our drummer. They're like, yeah, nice try. He wasn't on stage playing, but he was on stage drunk, standing next to our lead singer for the entire show on screen. And we and they're like, oh well, he, it's Uh-oh. weird. He's replacing our drummer, and he starts in like two days. They're like, okay, well, we were gonna ask him to leave, so maybe you could tell him that if that if he's gonna be doing this, that there are some rules. And um, sure. one of the rules was also that the um, the the the, the, the all access tour badge, the laminate, was not mine to keep. And there's a, there's a reason why I'm telling you this, but they told me not to lose it as well. On top of the other shit that I did that I <laughs> fucked up. Because you have to give it to the other band that's replacing you on the tour, which I think was like Code Orange or something. So it's not mine. I don't get to bring that home. So I leave the show. And one of my friends, like, I guess I was, I had a messenger bag with a, with the, with the, you know, seatbelt button on it, the, the chrome bicycle, yeah, yeah. bike messenger bags. I had my laminate hanging off of that. And we're hanging at a bar and I'm fucking wasted and he hit the button to be funny. And I guess I lost the, uh, I didn't realize until the next day, but oh. I had lost the, uh, the, the, the Deftones laminate. This story's hurting. And he showed up. Oh, to, are yeah. you still in the band? Yeah. <laughs> I showed up to the show the next day and they were like, Hey man, uh, oh. how you doing? I know where I'm this like, is going. I'm, I'm like, oh. good. What's up? They're like, uh, did you have fun last night? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, might have had a little too much fun, huh? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you're going to have to apologize to the Deftones tour manager. 
uh, because and he told me everything. I'm like, you're kidding. They're like, no, we're serious. Like, I mean, they're cool. Like, they'll forgive you, and they know we need you on this tour, so it's cool. But you just have to apologize and just kind of maybe scale it back a little bit. Right. Like, by the way, where's your where's your tour laminate? And I'm like, oh, they're like, you're kidding. And I'm like, no, I'm not. They're like. You haven't even played a show yet. I'm like, I know. I, I don't even know what to say. Oh, this might explain my like, this might explain my um uh my my sobriety. But yeah, like that yeah. that happened. Actually, yes, it does actually. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I mean this is how you fuck up. So but luckily I I'm I, I fucking got my shit together. I, I, I was cool. They played, they liked me, you know, we made it work. All right. Wow, rocky <laughs> start. Here's what not to do. Let's take a break. That's a sl- that was that tempo right now for anyone that's not listening. <laughs> for anyone listening that doesn't know what we're talking about, we just took a break and Sam has like a click track, which is like yeah. a metronome that counts you in and it's very slow. That would be like a doom band. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would be a doom band. Yeah, we we got it set to doom. Funeral yeah. doom. Yeah, that's it. We figured, we're, you know, we're in, we're in Brooklyn, so doom is the home of doom. Yeah, it apparently, is. <laughs> I mean, this we're in Bed Stuy right now. We're, we're it was the land of uh, Biggie, of, of, Biggie of, of Smalls, Biggie. do or die. But, uh, but now it's the land of um, fucking guys that want to be bikers and love Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If you're gonna have a flip side, it's not a bad flip side. It's not a bad flip. It's side. not a bad flip side. Yeah, Bedford Stuyvesant, the livest one. Um, so continuing with spotlights. Um, Somewhere along the way, you guys get signed to Epic Hack Records, which is Mike Patton's label. Yeah, that's a mm-hmm. fucking big deal. Yeah. It is for nerds. Yeah, yeah. No, and, no, and, of and to and to go to to really talk about what you were talking about before, how getting in trouble. When I hear a story like that, I think to myself, it's it's in the it's in the most innocent of ways mm-hmm. because we're such music fans, we're such music dorks, and we're so happy <laughs> to be there that I would. Be, it's hard. It's not. Yeah. It's hard not to be like yo. You played on around the fur. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Right, right. Like you're just I have a great story. <laughs> Did you get yeah. kicked out of refuse, God? No, but um like I after that happened with the Deftones tour, I had a couple moments where I was not the best, but then like I, I really cleaned up my act. And with the Ipecac thing, I mean like I am such a massive Faith No More fan. Mm-hmm. I love Bungle, but I'm just a massive sure, Faith No More I mean, fan. Right. I wanted to be Mike Patton when I was young, when I saw him on That's why you play drums. Yeah, right. Well, I just he, <laughs> he was the first guy. Everyone has the comb over cut, whatever you call it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was the first person ever in my life that I ever saw with that haircut. Yeah. It was like Rock and Rio, 91. The he he that, inspired yeah. Point Break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, so I've always been pretty tame like in terms of like i don't say much when he's around because it's like i'm kind of just the drummer in this band sure they my bandmates are married they're a married couple they handle everything they deal with the label they're the ones that got signed mm-hmm. the first album they put on ipecac i wasn't on i was on the last one so um the two t- we've, i've met mike Patton three times and i barely said a word every time because I, I especially at this point i'm just like this this guy puts out my records and I, I don't even know him, and I'm just going to leave Is he pretty way. hands-on with the label? Or what? The, from what I understand, it, the way his role is more that he has to approve it, but it's his manager, Greg, runs the record label. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of the releases are Mike Patton projects. 
obviously, like Phantomus sure. and Tomahawk and Fate right. No More. And then his friends, like Melvin's and stuff like that. We um, came across his manager's... So the, the reason why a lot of this shit ever happened for us is because the drummer of the band Isis um, was the drum tech for the Deftones, and he played Spotlights for Chino one day. Wow. And Chino, based off of that, had his... Um, booking agent reach out to spotlights and 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 they thought it was a joke and almost deleted it didn't respond to it and then realized it was real then we ended up on tour and then the drummer from isis who's also in a band with chino called palms yeah palms basically, i love that you project. like project yeah. oh it's fantastic yeah so it's very incestuous how this all works so like um so we all would alter that band isis basically so the the drummer of isis um sent our shit to Ipecac and didn't think that they were going to respond. Uh, Mike Patton's manager, Greg, and his partner loved it, played it for Mike. Mike gave it the thumbs up. Hmm. That's how we ended up on the label. And then Greg put us on tour with the Melvins for three months. He was like, you have to take this band out. And the the tour manager for the Melvins is the keyboard player for Isis and Palms. So it's all kind of wow. rooted. God. And then the first... See what happens when Six you don't, when, when you don't quit playing music. <laughs> <laughs> and at first, well, it was a kind of a bummer for me, but I, I, I never like really saw myself as a real part of the band beyond touring until recently when I played in record. But the mm-hmm. first Spotlights record that came out on Ipecac, most of the songs are played on drums by the drummer from ISIS. It's not me, okay. so I okay. toured on that, but it's actually him playing. Gotcha, gotcha. So that, and then yeah, and then yeah, so. That's kind of how we ended what up. What is on the, the label. songwriting process now, like for the, like this last record? It's fucking weird. You want to hear this? Sure. Yeah. I love telling this because it's I've never done this before, and everyone I tell looks at me like like whoa, that's nuts. So, in Spotlights, our lead singer Mario, who also played drums on ninety percent of all the early material, finishes and records by himself completely, um, and will send. His wife and myself, I mean, she she's very much part of that. They're married. They're in the house together, so they write together. Mm-hmm. She'll veto something, but he's kind of taken the lead. Around. And they live in Pittsburgh. They oh, moved. Oh, wow. So I live here. They I think they wanted me to go there, but I'm from here, and I didn't want to leave. Um, so they basically do everything together. Then they send it to me, and it's like program drums. So I have, I have like, literally, I'm not just trying to downplay myself. I have no say or input I, I i listen to it and it's finished sure and so when i went and recorded it which is the weirdest thing in the world which i've never done before the first time i ever played those songs ever was when i recorded it on the record so the first i've never sat and learned the songs or 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 practiced so like what you hear on the record is me playing those songs for the first time because i basically listen i know i know you see your face i'll explain i i listened to the to the demos Okay. for like a month or two got in the studio we we also record ourselves so everything we do we do ourselves so we record ourselves there's no engineer we we do we most of our stuff is in our practice space or 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 their house so you okay wow so that's super in-house yeah like every record spotlights ever did with the exception of the first full length on ipecac was done at um aaron harris from isis he has a studio and 
helped out, but everything else was done in a, in our practice space wherever we were at the time. And I'm not talking about like a fancy one. Like literally, I hope the band next door doesn't play tonight so it doesn't bleed in. He just, sure. Mario, my singer, just knows how to make shit sound Which good. Which is yeah. amazing too. Like, so it's, you know, gone are the days, like, you know, of, of spending $2 million on a record. Right. Um, you know, because you're not going to get it back. No. You know, so it's easier, it's cheaper to make a record because of the technology. And then from there, I mean, you know, the record sound amazing, man. Oh, yeah. thank you, I thank mean, you so much. I, I, he's doing. I, uh, he I was telling me, him, I because he had no idea. I he's had like, no idea you guys even knew each other. Oh. And I, every Friday, I'm like religious on going all my sites and finding out what comes out that day. And I, I heard this band, and I was like, posted him on the page, and my Sam's just like, oh yeah, that's my my friend. Whatever. Oh, he I'm told like, me that's awesome. I was yeah. like, because I I I you know have a, I grew up on metal, but you know, in the early late eighties, early nineties, I really dis- discovered like like Lush and Swerve Driver and My Bloody Valentine and that Fuck kind yeah. of stuff. So now, having like all the like sh- shoegaze metal or whatever, for lack of a better it, which term, which has elements, but yeah. Palms, Alcest, there's all these bands doing these dreamy kind of like combinations of these two t- genres that I b- love That's so why much. We love it's nothing. perfect. Nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah nothing. exactly. I. I- fucking really appreciate that i yeah. think you did tell me he was into that kind of stuff there's a lot of stuff like that now yeah it's great yeah, yeah. i mean so yeah he he <laughs> so i got in the studio not having never played these songs in my life uh i'm kind of a lazy drummer i just listen to stuff and i fucking show up and i do it so like a lot of things i've done where i've played in other bands i sit here on the couch and I listen to it, not even with drumsticks. And I just, that's how I learn. Mm-hmm. And then I show up and I wing it and I hope that it's okay. Um, but <laughs> so I went into the, you studio. hear that kids at home. <laughs> <laughs> so I went into the studio and it was just me and my singer and he, he just roll tape. So it's like click track one, two, three, four. I'm playing alone, uh, two tracks that are recorded. So I'm playing along. They just took the drums out of the demos that they had sent me. So it's just guitar, bass, keys but no one's playing with me so it's like he could i could see him through a window while i'm tracking and when i mess up we'd stop do it over again and then i do the song a couple times and then we would cut and paste i'm sorry if anyone hearing this is like bummed out to hear this but like it is like how yeah. a lot of shit is made now yeah we no, basically like cut yeah. and pasted a lot like a lot of stuff like like really good fills or really good parts and so that's how we did the whole record and maybe to an extent, I mean, he tells me this. I don't know if he's trying to make me feel good, but he told me he wrote a lot of stuff with my drumming in mind. So that's the extent yeah. of, you know, kind of my style. But I'm not really, you know, in a room at, at all, like talking about this stuff. Right. I'm kind of just dealt something and it's like, all right, here it is. And then when we were done, the first time we played those songs together in a room was to get ready for a tour like four months later. So we never played those songs. I've never done that before, but I've never played the songs before until I recorded them that day, which is what you hear on the record. Uh-huh. Never played those songs with them in a room until four months after the record was made. It wow. was all done backwards. And the drums were done first because those were scratch tracks. So then after I did the drums, they went back because it's all to a grid. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm sure there's non-musicians listening, but when you do stuff to a grid on a click track, um, you can literally cut and paste or like punch in guitars or vocals or whatever you want. So mm-hmm. it was all done very much taking advantage of like digital technology. Wow. Yeah. 
That's interesting, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's still it's weird to talk about, but I feel I'm I haven't done anything with them since that, and I'm sure it's gonna be the same way uh-huh. uh moving forward. But it was very bizarre and so but it worked. And and so like the the big tour that was announced, is that the the next thing that you guys are playing with the Faith No More <laughs> and uh Corn. Corn. So yeah. but before that, you you actually played Brooklyn Steel with Bungle. Yeah. So obviously, also Drew Stone's Antidote opened up the first show. They played the second show. Oh, the second show. Yeah, you guys yeah. did the first. We did the first one. So how, how did that come about? Just the Ipecac connection and that was. Uh, I mean, yeah, literally Patton. Um, Patton put us in the hat. Oh, I'm sorry. I think Greg, his manager, wanted us. He suggested that we play one of the Bungle shows. So we got the New York one, and then Patton was the one that got us on the Faith No More tour obviously so like we we were we were faith no more's choice and then heavy that's <laughs> fucking heavy yeah yeah, yeah. So you like, know like you hear uh, i mean like wow that's i mean dude i fucking lost shit. my shit yeah. when i found out and i gotta tell oh, yeah. you would you get the email no i'm gonna tell you i was <laughs> i was in a sober bar there's a there's a sober bar now in new york um, a sober bar yeah it's the first ever in new york city sober bar it's called the getaway we should go there sometime it's 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 wow. it's not it's as um, brilliant. It's not as weird as as people might think. Where they go, oh, it's just overpriced shit. You like, know, everything's yeah. a sober bar for me. Is just a coffee Doesn't, house. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> can you get a hand job there? <laughs> well, I, I was at the sober bar, and I w- that day. I shit you not. I was getting really down on my life for some reason. I just was going through a thing where I'm like, I'm going to be 40, I'm single, I can't hold a relationship down, I don't know where my job's going, um, and I just had a whole bunch of money stolen from me. Mm. And, like, we, uh, I can't say who it was, but, like, we were, like, hoping to get on, like, one of the bigger, like, one of the biggest rock tours that took place last year. You could probably figure out who it was, but I just don't want to be the one that says it. Sure, sure. But, like, you know, a rock band that put out a record, for the first time in a long time last year, that's, that's huge. We were hoping to get on that tour and we didn't get it. And it just seemed, and then there was a European tour we didn't get. And it, and we were just like, fuck it, let's just headline. And we're not a huge band. We somehow get on good tours, but we're mm-hmm. not actually big. Like we're like a musician's band where sure. like musicians like us, right? but we're not like, we'll, we'll play clubs in New York where technically the band is in New York band. And we, we can bring out 150 people headlining, which is, you know, depending on who you talk to, awesome. But then when we go to other places, it's, it you know, we might have 30 to 50, if we're lucky, 75 on a really good night. Right. And then like one day in Denver, when we headlined, we had 130 people and we're like, whoa, we didn't know that we had fans here. So it's growing, but yeah. we're not at that level. For sure. Gotcha. Uh, and and at, the, at this stage in the game, having been doing this for so long, I was like, I don't know how much like i don't know where this is going can you can, you could work like remotely right i work remotely but you know i would never stop doing music but it was just i was just like i don't know where it's going yeah, like, yeah. We're not getting rich off of it you know sure. and, it's, and it's hard because um i think part of the reason why i was bummed out about my life in general i'm getting personal here is like it isn't exactly easy to date either when you tour as much as I do. I'm gone like fucking. Loving a music man ain't what Listen, it's supposed you, to be. Would Steve your wife Perry stay told with you? us. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Would your wife stay with you if you were going on tour? No. Actually, I was going to roadie for in this moment. They offered me a gig for like $10 a day per diem or nice. whatever when I first met my <laughs> wife. And I was like, 
yeah, I don't know how she's gonna go for that. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're about to get married. But like, listen, I changed my career path. Yeah. I'm gonna be bringing home ten bucks a day. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. I mean, when you when you really say what it is, like, it's just it doesn't sound good. Like, technically, I I spend half the year traveling with a married couple by myself. That's what I do half of the year. Um, you the you third know, wheel. We, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't mind that so much. It's a lot better than being with like five drunk guys that are all fucking doing weird shit. But that amen. is true but, too. Uh, amen. Much better, probably. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm sitting at the bar, and then um, I get a text message from my singer, and it says, "Hey, what do you do?" It said something like, um, "Hey, I know that you think you're you're cool hanging out with all your cool friends in Brooklyn, but are they go? Are, are they spending their summer on tour with Corn and Faith No More?" And I lost my show. I was like, oh. "What?" And then it immediately sent the tour dates to me, and they're like, "Can't talk right now, but this just happened." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" And I was with my friend's wife, and I'm like, "I'm not supposed to talk about this, but I fucking something insane just happened. I feel like I won the lottery." Yeah, but you then, did. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean feel? Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> then like the challenge of like, um, we're like, "All right, we're gonna be on at seven o'clock." While people are get, getting their nachos and their popcorn and their sodas and beers, except Lang. and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like now the challenge is like, how do we fucking own it and and get people to to actually watch us and pay attention and not just sort of be the filler band? So yeah. you know, yeah. there's always like a a, a a a thing. Right. Once you get there, there's another thing. So so yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and what yeah, what man. are the you're not doing? I guess the helmet dates are different. Helmet is on the part. We're doing one month, and and with where we're opening with scars on Broadway, scars right? Scars on Broadway, yeah. which is oh, which is Darian, a uh, Darren, da- Darren from System, System Down. Down, right? Yeah, so like we're first of four, and then one we're and we're doing the West Coast and like other parts of the country. I don't know if the logic was like we're already a New York band. Who? Why do we? Why do they need to play there more? I mean, it would have been nice to play Barclays. I was, was going to say. I was gutted yeah, when yeah. I saw that, to be honest with you. I was like, fuck. Yeah. But I also understand the logic to sure. like play in places mm-hmm. where people don't know us. Um, and then Helmet and 68 take our place like right at the Barclays. Like, I know they're playing Barclays. I don't know if that's the first one, but that's I think it's like a couple of dates. Yeah. And then yeah. they play that. Yeah. I was looking up. Because he was bummed. Yeah, man. He wasn't. He ain't going. <laughs> you want to come to Scranton, Pennsylvania? <laughs> I've Yo, done it before. Shout out to Mifflin. I've trooped. Yeah, that's the sh- that's the closest one to New York. That's so, not that far. Yeah. Shout out to Dunder Mifflin. If, I, if yeah. you ever, if you do want to come to any of the shows in any of the other cities, I can definitely hook you up. So let me know. Say no more, fam. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Stage yeah. potato. Stage potato. <laughs> Take a trip out with us. Uh, I will not stand by the screen and look oh, like gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is the guy standing next to Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that old guy? Who's that old guy? <laughs> um, yeah, man. So that that's awesome. That's uh, pretty much um, as good is a tour can get <laughs> yeah. you know like you're congratulations like growing man. up Thanks, guys yeah. growing up watching uh i, I mean, we were talking it's about a full tour. circle moment for you right but it's we, like, it is yeah. because of, <laughs> no, i mean i like i when i got heard that first corn record too i, was, I said yeah, the same sick. thing sure. you know i never thought that i would tour with that band when i was fucking watching blind yeah <laughs> like, you gotta take those yeah. moments i like, said wow. the, yeah. so when they first came out i really liked them because they were so different you know, like they were like no other band that was out and you heard Blind and uh, it was just like. It was a know. tough time for heavy music, too. And they were flying the flag. They were flying. They were 
playing yeah, metal. It was and coming that, from a real place, you know. Yeah. I, uh, you know, like that. I, I have a list that you have in front of you where I said that I hate the band Limp Biscuit, and I yeah. have to be careful when I say that stuff. But like, you know, lyrically, Jonathan Davis, at least on those first few records, he was like singing about shit that I could relate to. I mean, he was picked on as a kid, and there's that song "Faggot." Like, mm-hmm. where, yeah, I think I'm allowed to say that because of the context. But like, we you know, cancel you. The, yeah. it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what he's talking about. Like, that's something I was called all my life when I was fucking trying to go get coffee, you know, in my town or like whatever, like it was just a bunch of fucking dickheads. So like that's, you know, the, the, the early corn stuff was angry music that I could relate to, you know? And, and, you know, faith no more. I mean, I remember when I first got the real thing, I had the cassette (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, you know, we, we all loved, uh, with Epic, right. That was the song. That was, was like, the big one. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, okay, we all loved it, but man, buying the real thing and listening to the cassette and from out of nowhere comes on. Holy yeah, shit. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, and it's, then it's like, such a great album, full album. You oh know, my god. I played yeah. it. I mean, to it just death. sounds like new wave music. Yeah, from the '80s, mixed with like me- some kind of metal. Sure, um, like th- it's like it's total like, groove, yeah, yeah. funk. Everything in it was there, like you know it I mean? was like kind of like a nothing. And then following and then like Angel Dust to me is almost like 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 the Beastie Boys Paul Boutique like afterwards because yeah. it sounded yeah. nothing like that like no, like yeah. the real thing but it was so fucking and when Jim different. Martin left did you leave too because I did and then I went back and listened to those two records I left because I was you know. Raven till dawn around that time, <laughs> yeah. you know, feeling the effects. To so you're see. like, do I want to do cocaine or listen to? <laughs> no, but I just, I, it wasn't so much them. I just was doing other, listen to other stuff. So I went and revisited right. those albums later did, on. Did you too. stay with them? I left also, and I'll be honest with you, which is so bizarre, but I didn't. Beyond midlife crisis, the rest of um, Angel Dust didn't grab me immediately. Okay, mm-hmm. it took a while. It's different. Yeah, and then yeah. when I went back. I not only loved it, and, and it's one of my fucking top records of all time, but time. the rest of the catalog that I missed out on is up there with all of it. Like, yeah. I fucking missed out. I missed out. out. I, yeah. I should have seen them when they were playing on those. I I, on oh, I, 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 so I caught them when they came back at the waterfront. But Oh, my God. We should talk about that, too. I was Did at you? that show, too. Were you? Yeah. Who, who the, I feel like they played with Silver Sun Pickups, or maybe that no, was like another no. show. No, no. It was like Neil Hamburger. No, I don't remember that one. Yeah, was the waterfront in Williamsburg? Yeah, yeah. I was. I I did shrooms for the first time in my life at that show, and I was rolling fucking hard. And there were people that we all know. Uh, Chris from Sky Came Falling saw me, and he was like, "Are you all right, bro?" I was covered in grass on the ground, and I felt like an ant (laughs) on the earth, and I felt like I could see myself with a magnifying glass. Some good shrooms. I was just a tiny fucking ant crawling on the grass at the show and I was out of control. You know, yeah. unless you took, that was a magical unless night. You, unless you've <laughs> taken shrooms, that doesn't make sense to you. But that makes sense to me because I've taken shrooms. I got you. And I know exactly what he's talking about. You know, like I'm just like, oh my God, it was everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel that way. You know, like the last time I tripped out, I tripped out so hard and I was at Great Adventures and <laughs> I tripped so hard that if I had to piss or shit, I, I know I would have just pissed or shit myself. So luckily, I, I didn't have to do either one of those things. I did that once at Great Adventure too. Oh. Yeah, the worst part was was the lines for the ride, where you had to keep like facing the same people. Yeah, 
and like seeing the same in one like, like this fucking sunlight. guy. I know it's horrific, man. Yeah, that was like, like oh god. Yeah, everyone's pretty ugly in that thing. Oh, horrible. But um, King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime, and mm-hmm. Album of the Year. Like when I went back and listened to those records later in life, holy shit. Yeah, man. Fucking so good. And they're yeah. just all good. There's, they're equally as good. Yeah. They're not better than the other. They're just yeah. all fucking good. So um, I asked you to pick some favorite songs from, from those bands. Uh, yes. Do you have that list? So we can go I through do. It? Let's go through the list. Sure. sure. My list is in order. So let's go here. I go Faith No More, Midlife Crisis, number one. Okay. I go with As the Worm Turns, number two. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. With with the patent vocals though, number three, be aggressive. Number four, Bang. evidence. And number five, from out of nowhere. Okay, yeah, That's yeah. From list. out of nowhere is like it's a great tune. I, it's just so good. It's such a great opening track, and it's such a great introduction to the patent era. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, we're going through the, all the bands. Yeah, he- helmet. Even though we're not playing with them, you asked me to make a helmet list. I go number one. In the meantime, uh, total drummer fucking answer, but I know. That's that yeah, starts yeah. out with drums. Tick, uh, unsung, and milk toast. Those are my top five. And then if I go with corn, I go blind number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like like I'm I just kind of like the hits when it comes to corn. Sure, I didn't do tea times, but uh, falling away from me number two, got Great to one. life number three, freak on a leash number four, and um, what was the other? Shoots and ladders number five. Okay, yeah, all solid, all solid. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Let's see. We we you also did something on Facebook that I wanted to bring up because I think it's a lot of fun. I have your answers here. Okay. If, if, I don't okay. know if you remember them. So, um, I guess the circulation has been bands I love, but there was also like a movies one as well. Yeah. So, um, do you want me to read your list? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. So band because we did the same thing. So yes. we'll, we'll read our, our list too. Band I hate. You named Limp Biscuit. Can't, yeah, I can't. I never, I never liked it. Um, I do have to be careful with what I say, but like, I've never done work with those guys, and I don't know if I. Ever you never will. will now. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Fred, there's a big fan. You'd be surprised. Fred, there's yeah, a big yeah. Red River fan. Big listener. You, you'd be surprised though, because when I listener. when I when I fucking post these. There are people that listen to this that I do. Business Yo, with. are you kidding me? There's like, yeah, there's sep- like six degrees, like for sure. Like somebody is. is like in some taco joint hanging out with Fred Darris being like, you know this guy? Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be far-fetched for like someone at whatever label Limp Biscuit is on or the booking agency yeah. after I went and reposted this on Facebook for them to hear this. So, but and, whatever. And, I said it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's fine. So band I think is overrated. Uh, boy, do I agree. Uh, fish. Yep. Agree. I, every fucking asshole that fucked with me <laughs> growing up, like it wasn't fucking people that were like tough hip-hop dudes or ghetto dudes it mm-hmm. was fucking white christian conservative country club dickheads that loved fish grateful dead wow. and dave matthews band and they can all die oh, oh. dave matthews bands definitely yeah. the worst yeah they, they that was a close one i was gonna fucking put hacky sack and fucking i don't get it man. Up your ass. all right continuing with chris's <laughs> list band i think is underappreciated you said ulver Oliver is so awesome good. fucking, you know, yeah, Oliver yeah. is this band that started out black metal and hey, they've evolved into something that's more like a Depeche Mode yeah. kind of vibe and they have to cancel. Completely yeah. unique. Like, yeah. 
album to album. Unbelievable. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I recommend that everyone listens to the latest album, but they had to cancel their U.S. tour due to lack of ticket sales, and it was mm, disappointing. I, yeah. You know, a lot of times that's been happening now just because, you know, it's, it's a touring world, mm-hmm. and, you know, the last five years, like, everyone's on tour, so eventually some people are going to be like, well... <laughs> Yeah. Who am I going to go see? <laughs> you know, it's like record sales just, you know, they, they they don't sell. Everything's a stream, which is cool. I love me some Spotify, but yeah, um, yeah man, it's it's sad that some of these uh, tours just uh, don't have the support because yeah. we can't be everywhere. Uh, band I love, Bad Brains. Yeah, favorite band of all time. Yeah. I have the lightning bolt tattooed on me. I just, what, the first time I ever heard them, never heard anyone sing like that. And musically, best hardcore band to ever exist. And so many things, including Faith No More, wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that. Big time. Did you listen to the HR, If I Ruled the World? I did. Unbelievable. (laughs) And you were sitting in the car with them. It's just crazy. We just had it like, I'll never, me and George are like, remember that time HR sat in your backseat and we talked to him? (laughs) That's fucking sick. Yeah. And we walked into the car too. Uh, Band I could listen to over and over again, Quicksand. Yeah. Even the new stuff. I just like, it's, it's just in the DNA. I mean, any album, any fucking record. Do you prefer, if you were going to pick one, Manic or Slip? I'd go Slip. Me too. Yeah, Slip yeah. is just, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. They're all great. Yeah, no, that, no, yeah, for sure. But I mean, yeah. like, Slip is just, when I first heard Dine Alone, I was just like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with this guitar, but it's fucking amazing. And the thing was, is like, uh, Walter is such a great, Walter Schreifels is is almost like our generation's Paul McCartney, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's just an amazing songwriter. He, they called him the hardcore David Bowie on the Danny Diablo podcast recently. Yes, yeah. they did. It was when Gavin was on too. They they called him the David Bowie. Of, we li- I listened to that one. That was funny. Shout out to Danny D. Um, he was a fun podcast guest. Band that made me fall in love with music. Man, the North Shore Long Island is fuck right here. <laughs> Billy Joel. Yes, the right of passage. Uptown girl. Yeah, Uptown Girl. It was on a seven inch too. A single. So for, for me, um, w- one of the first cassettes I ever bought was was Stormfront. Okay, 19- that's a good record. So 1989, I remember I was in Flushing. I went. Uh, we were me and my mom were going to go see Christmas Vacation. So I guess it was Christmas, uh-huh. and I bought Bad English's first album on cassette. Oh, man. And Storm- <laughs> yo, shout out to John Wayne. <laughs> You mentioned bad English. Neil Sean was in that yeah, band. When with I see him, you right? smile, like that's a great song. <laughs> that is a good song. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Billy Joel. Sorfort was the other one. Down Easter Alexa. Yes, uh, we work with song. the rod and the reel. <laughs> Bam! It changed my life for Chris Nirvana. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, I was a glam metal kid. Mm-hmm. I was into Skid Row and Poison and all that stuff, and. Um, and and then when I heard that, yeah. it just it flipped my world. And then I saw a guy wearing a Bad Brain shirt in the Smells Like Teen Spirit sure. video. I bought that. I bought every band they recommended checking out. And that was everything from yeah. Black Flag Pixies. to Sonic Youth to the Pixies. I knew who the Pixies were before that. But but yeah, you know what I mean? Like it was just like... It was a game And then changer. there was social, political elements of yeah. that uh, that they were kind of opening up for me you hear the statement too all the time like when people saw that video for the first time but i do remember when they debuted that video on mtv and it it it, everybody says it but something you could you felt like you were watching things the world were changing changing right before your eyes in this three minute clip it's like before when i watched the news and they were talking about the coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, guilty pleasure, Green Day. I like Green Day. I call it a guilty pleasure. I don't know why I would call it that, but it's just kind of terrible. There's something cor- <laughs> there, there is something corny about it, but like I, I, I always liked Green Day. It was Day. the first show I ever I ever went to. I, went, well, I probably went to the same show. Is Nassau Irving Coliseum? Plaza? No. Uh, okay. Irving. I went to Dookie, uh, Nassau Coliseum. Really? I, yeah. Oh, maybe I went before Dookie because they played Irving. Yeah, because they would have been smaller at that point. I saw them before Dookie when I was going to college. That was the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Your punk rock era? <laughs> For a minute. It's just kind of like whatever. Like I li- like They, have they good write songs. hook songs, hey, listen, man. Great songs. Fat, yeah. big, fat hooks. Yeah. Um, band I should have seen by now, Oasis. Love Oasis. I'm a huge Oasis fan. Me too. Fan, and I never saw them. I saw Noel Gallagher. Me too. No, I saw Liam Gallagher, and he played some Oasis songs like at Terminal 5. BDI okay. or just no, no, solo? No, no, oh, okay. no. The solo stuff. Because uh, his solo stuff is fantastic. Which is sure. better than yeah. BDI. Because when BDI came out, and then Noel put out his first solo record with the Flying Birds. I love that shit, That's a man. great record. So I have to revisit it, but I yeah. think Liam's shit fucking destroys yeah. well, Noel's stuff. The last two Noel records are not as good. Uh, Liam. The debut, no, the yeah. high flying birds. That yeah. was way about. Yeah. So okay, we 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 That's did this list. list too. So I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna do mine. Uh, bands, a band that I hate, uh, I Grateful Dead. That. Nice. Yeah. So here here's the reason why my band is called Playing Dead, and we share a band <laughs> name with a uh, Grateful Dead tribute band. And uh, if you look at our Spotify, sometimes it gets mixed up, and uh, <laughs> their dates appear. Like I, I hate them. Fuck you. There's Stop. You hate, to hate, you them, hate yeah. them and people joking on the thread <sighs> about you. Being, I could tell. Yeah, it, it gets under my skin. Yeah. Um, especially since like I meant it as like a horror reference. I was just like playing. Yeah, yeah. Right. I get what you meant. Makes, oh, more horror, huh? Uh, <laughs> band that I think is overrated: uh, the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think the Sex like the way they're remembered, they were a band that put out one good record, and uh, you know it was like okay, it's like okay, you know, but mm-hmm. they I, they get way too much credit for my liking. Uh, this also points out that punk started in Queens. Yeah, with the Ramones. Yeah, yes. for sure. They Big came time. fucking later. No question. <laughs> the Misfits and the Ramones are the two best American punk bands. <clears throat> so um, for my list, a band that was underappreciated, uh, I go with the Von Bondies. So the Von Bondies have three records. Everyone remembers Come On, Come On. That's about it. But man, they have... They're up there with like Super Drag. That ha- they're, they're just a really good power pop band. And I'm a big melody guy. Yeah, I, I love that you're always talking about that. You, um, you're the reason why I rediscovered Super Drag because I used to like them, but I hadn't listened to them. And you were talking about them one day, and I just went back and checked it out again. Great, right? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So um, Keith Moore would would he made me a whole bunch of Super Drag CDs because um, I remember the first record, but man, he really just started the fire again. Uh, band that I love, Alkaline Trio. Love that band. That great harmonies, three piece. Great bass lines, two different songwriters. Um, man, I just, I don't know. I could listen to any one of those records. What do you think about Blink-182 with Matt Skiba? What do I think? Um, I hate it. Okay. I I hate it <laughs> so much. Like, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, <laughs> I love that Dan gets to play with Scott Ian now. Uh, right. And uh, the singer of... Um, What's a Buffalo band? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Every, yeah, every time I die. Yeah, the damn things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, 
you know, good for good for Matt. You know, I, I don't I don't understand it. I tried listening to those records and I can't. They're so overproduced mm-hmm. that I can't make out who's singing what. It's yeah. just not for me. Uh, band that I can listen to again and again. Queens of the Stone Age. Damn, that's a good one. I can't believe I didn't think about well, that. I can't believe I didn't think of Quicksand. <laughs> Yeah, that's a better answer, actually. But, but uh, que- yeah, There's so many good answers for these bigger, questions. Bigger we, dis- we were agonizing over the car, we like, were. what the fuck? <laughs> bigger, we take it so seriously. We do. Big, bigger, <laughs> no, it's good. I love yeah. it. Bigger discography. I miss <laughs> Nick Oliveri. I think Nick Oliveri was such a big part of that band. Mondo Generator put out two uh, records, records this year, right? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. But the last Mondo Generated sure. record is amazing. Mm-hmm. That guy's a fucking lunatic. I love I it. I got yeah. a story about him, but I don't think we have time. Oh boy! I mean, I met I met him once, and we almost did drugs together. And Artie Shepard, shout out to Artie, was like, "Dude, like, you don't want to hang out with that dude." This was in Texas at yeah. some show. I saw him at a down show, and I just went up to him, and he was cool. What's and up, we dude? Talked about how we both wanted to score some drugs together. And <laughs> in the bathroom, and I got his phone number, and Artie basically was like, "He's not going to remember you. That guy's also a lunatic. I think he just like." Got into a, like a almost shootout with the, with the SWAT cops. team, yeah. And um, two days later, he texted me. He was like, "Hey, what are you doing today?" <laughs> <laughs> and I and he met up with us and came and saw us play. Yes, but I haven't oh, talked shit. to him since. So, like, but like, yeah, it's kind of funny. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, Queens of the Stone, like just the discography, and I love that Josh was brave enough to get Mark Ronson, who is a fucking master, to produce their last record. But I think, like qu- clockwise, was a masterpiece. Clockwork, like clock. I like clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. clock like yeah. clockwise. Shout out to General Shout out to George. George. <laughs> Shout out to General George. Um, but yeah, like clockwork was like their man. What a re- like that was the best record since um, Songs for the Dead. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Right? Yep, I agree. Um, band that made me fall in love with music. Really hard to remember, but I went with Def Leppard. Um, when I was eight or nine, I bought Hysteria, and I was also into, like, the glam, you know, like, you know, the Poison and all that other shit, uh, but Def Leppard just had those songs, and uh, I would just, I don't know, they were just great. I love that power ballad <laughs> shit. Uh, band that changed my life, also Nirvana. I think it was just the age. You know, I was, like, 12 or 13. I hear, you know, uh, like I said, I was such a huge Metallica fan that I, I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't play like that, but when I heard... Nirvana I, I just like everyone that I knew after hearing Nirvana yeah. bought a guitar and they were playing these songs they're like oh this is I don't know such a great gateway absolutely you could Ooh, never yeah. take that away from that band no. and now in retrospect the, the record that I listen to the most is Incesticide because I think Weird it's shit. raw it's raw it's so fucking good um, and band that I'm that surprised you <laughs> Was that really? I don't remember him having that. Oh, I had Billie Eilish. Oh, you had Billie Eilish. Oh, I yes. fucking. I, I actually really like Billie Eilish, yes. and I yeah. didn't understand it at first, but her her new single, her latest single, is unbelievable. So she was she was on the Stern show. I'm not too sold on her just yet, but I I like that she's different. I like that she's a young kid giving other young kids like a different flavor. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's why I loved that Lord record when it came out. She was also like 17. I heard Royals. I was like, this is cool. I'm like, no way this record's going to be great. Beginning to end the first Lord record, amazing. Um, then she put out the second record. I think she did with Jack Antonoff from Bleachers. Um, wasn't as good, 
but still. I haven't heard anything about her in forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So guilty pleasure for oh no. So yes, the band that surprised me for me it was the replacements because growing up, I'd always hear the name. Uh, I knew Paul Westerberg, and then when I went back to the catalog, I couldn't believe that this was an American rock band that was so fucking good. Right. Like I listened to the catalog, and I'm like, this is. How does this band have so many albums that are so good and they're not really that big? Right. So that was pretty surprising. And the, the last two, let's see, Guilty Pleasure, Kings of Leon for me. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> okay. Get so I got, out. I got a good Guilty Pleasure. No. Uh, and band that I should have seen live by now, The Killers. And they just announced a show at MSG October 1st, October 2nd. Through Live Nation. Are you going? With Johnny Marr. I mean, if we're not all dead. Johnny Marr. Johnny Marr's opening. Ooh. So, you want to read your list? Sure. Uh, band I Hate, Jimmy Buffett. Yes. Oh, that's um, pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, like, it gets me angry almost. Everything it, it represents. Well, because every time they play Jones Beach, it's just these, like. Yeah. These, the people that go there, this, this like. Just rampant alcoholism, fucking that don't even like really like music. They don't even, but they're just like hanging him. out to dress like shitheads and fucking. Oh, man. I, I I don't it's know. Just I an can't. Outlet for fucking bad behavior. It's awful. It's awful. Nobody <laughs> it's a, there gives a damn about music. It's an outlet for bad behavior from people who probably look down at people that yeah. have bad people behavior. They got it's five oh, o'clock somewhere. So bumper stickers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Terrible. Terrible. No shirt, no shoes, no, no problem. <laughs> I mean, that, that, or that, that is the same thing for Fish and Grateful Dead too. Yeah, yeah they have that following that that couples with uh, the music's bad enough. But Listen, it's, just... it's it, it that's what it is. So like uh, the parents of every every Fish fan are all Jimmy Buffett fans. Yeah, it's horrific. It's uh, <laughs> it's horrific. Um, band I think is overrated. You uh, two for me. Brutal. Uh, How dare you? Just I. It, it, just, I I fucked with a couple of songs, the early shit, like October and, yeah. and Unforgettable Fly. There's a couple Joshua of songs Tree. and stuff, but that I never wasn't too big of a fan of and stuff. I and they just it. went on and I on. And I was just like, Achtung. they just, I don't know. I just thought they were kind of like Is it they're Irish? mediocre. Totally. I fucking hate Irish. Are you Irish? Yes. Yeah. The early stuff was great, but then they turned into the worst band ever. Well, yeah, like I just don't like. There's some bands that have been playing forever, like the Stones and shit and stuff like that, and like they get this thing because they've been around forever. But like, yeah, they're not that fucking good, you know. The Stones? No, no, you too. Oh, you too. Okay, yeah. Just because they've been around forever, yeah. they're not they're not on that upper crust of rock, Mount Rushmore. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I have that on there. Um, band that's underappreciated. Um, they're not like quite. Stick your head in there. Oh, okay. Um, I ended up. I, I changed this answer twice. First, I had Deep Purple, only because while they're not underappreciated, when everyone talks about Sabbath, Zeppelin, stuff like that, Purple, I think is underestimated behind how influential they were to hard rock and sure. stuff. A little more of that, but I end. I switched that because they're not that underrated. Who's so that? I, Who's that? Uh, Deep Purple. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, like I they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Easy, easy. I've switched it to Sisters of Mercy though, because they're Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, just uh, they only made like three re- three records, but okay. they're also different. They get labeled as goth rock, but there's so much more than that. So many more elements. And Floodlands, my favorite album ever. But uh, band I love, uh, Enslaved. Nice. They're, uh, Black metal band, but very melodic. I I made you listen to a song once. You did. Liked it. Uh, 
you know that that's how I like my black metal with a little bit of melody in there. Shit. Not just <laughs> yeah, yeah. raw, but show me you can play too. You yeah. know what I mean? So I love <laughs> so them. I like my black metal. Yeah, and they've gone the gamut. A uh, band I can listen to again and again, Misfits. Nice, that's just, a good one. I'll never get sick of that shit. I never have. I never will. I, I know every lyric, everything about it. I could. I'll never get sick of that. Were you you were at the last at Dennis it. Killed it. Yeah. So much fun. Everyone right? I spoke to that and, went to the other one said it was like fucking night. And, that was the best one. Night and day that they ever did from everyone I yeah. spoke to. And I saw another one after that, and it was like it was this. It's the sound. Is the you problem. went to the Philly one? Yeah, and they were great, but like the, they were. Whoever was doing the sound at MSG mm-hmm. figured out how to work around oh, there. Man, you know. it sounded so good, and you got and there was just that vibe in the place that we all knew magic. we were having a special magic. moment all together. It was fucking great. Yeah, Fu- I mean, yeah. come on, like I'm getting like, goosebumps oh, now, man, just thinking Ma- about it. It was yeah. fucking I was magic. Fucking skanking during Rancid. Oh, Rancid man. gave a shout out to the entire DMS crew. Yeah, yeah. that was we were so crazy. Fucking yeah, AF on the house monitors. Yeah, yeah that was special. That was specials. Um, band that made me fall in love with music, Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, it, my fifth grade teacher, I've told this story before, she had fucking two records on fucking, she had Van Halen records and during snack time, she would play it for us and I was just like smitten. Like, I wanted to be David Lee Roth and I wanted to play with it like Eddie. Yeah. Neither one worked out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, band that changed my life, the Ramones. Um only because I wanted to play in bands and stuff. I wasn't quite. I loved George Lynch and Momstein, all this shit. Wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> knew I couldn't do that, but I heard this <laughs> band that would, was telling me. I could do that. You know what? Like, it's just about the song and it doesn't have to be fucking really complex yeah. or whatever. And it's fucking amazing, you know? And it changed my approach. And uh, so I got that. Uh, Surprise me. This is going back, like, not now but like when i was younger and i was primarily in the metal uh the cure only because i wasn't really heading that path to listen to them and somebody pulled me aside like you know a miyagi moment like we've said before him but like that's all that's all christian you know these guys are pretty dark check this out you know what i mean and played me depeche mode and the cure and stuff on like that and it just broadened my mind that i'm like i never thought i'd listen to this before and it just changed my whole trajectory you know to widen my Palette, and the know? one thing about their songwriting, um, you know, I've always said that the, the Cure have the most patient songwriting. Well, it's so diverse too. Mm. They have like fucking songs that are completely like, diverse, yeah. but like they'll rock a jam for three minutes before Robert Smith even sings. Yeah, and yeah. like, and then they'll just keep it going. They set the table. And then they'll add like a little sprinkle lead. Sure. And yeah. I'm like, yo, you know how much like confidence you gotta have that you're gonna fucking throw in like. Yeah. One minute, two minutes, three minutes, and then it's like, oh, I guess I'll sing. So it. unique. such man. an exception to the rule in that sense that yeah. they can do that, but it's never been a problem. Like, they, right. they're allowed to. There's a great meme, it's a picture of them uh, that I just saw last week, and it says, uh, if you've never heard this bit, if you've never been a fan of this band, congratulations, because you don't know anything about depression. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. man. Yeah. Did you play on the, you guys covered uh, Faith. Right? Yeah, we did. That's not me, though. That's, That's a great cover. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. I yeah. Love that one. Really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Guilty it. Pleasure. Uh, I wasn't sure about this one. Because, again, like you were saying, I don't, I don't feel guilty about it. I don't it. feel guilty. <laughs> I don't feel guilty about anything I listen yeah. to. But uh, I went with D Antwoord. 
Okay. Uh, oh, okay. I was debating about Nugent too because I still fuck with some Nugent, you even know what? though that's more Nugent. of a guilty pleasure. You know what I mean? Like uh, Stranglehold is some bad. That shit is wow. badass. I don't like him personally, Dude, he but he was good, man. He is good. Yeah, yeah. great performer. I was to him the other day, and he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Sick loincloth. <laughs> Sick loincloth. Yeah. When you shoot the arrow into yeah. this guitar, it's fucking great. Um, <laughs> Should have seen by now. Um, originally, I put Massive Attack, but they don't play that often, yeah. even though they just played Radio City or maybe were about to, or I don't know. But uh, Guns N' Roses, I never never saw a GNR in any shape or form. Yeah. Any How era. I should go. You know, should go. they're coming back with just like Corn and Faith No More are, I mean, it's kind of like an odd pairing somewhat. Um, I think Guns N' Roses and Smashing Pumpkins are, you know, a very different fan base, I think. Yeah, yes and no. But, like, also, like, it's just all classic rock now. It would have been an odder... Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, it would have been an odder tour if it happened in their heyday. Like, what the fuck? But But now... You know, well, I'm you know I'm very jaded, and I think that you know, the Guns N' Roses fans will probably hate Sam's the expecting big brawls between <laughs> Corgan, Axel, yes. Corgan. Oh, those two should never be in the same room together. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. the tour. I'd like over. to be a it's fly like, on the like wall. We, we don't know that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like, there's like fucking shit on classic rock radio. We don't necessarily know at the time they might have not had anything to do with each other. If there was a Fog Hat yes. Fleetwood Mac Journey tour, we'd be like, oh. That's cool. Makes yeah. sense. But right. if you were around back then, they would have been like, this is crazy. And then right. nothing like You're that right. would have ever happened. Yeah, yeah, True. You know? True. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, like, so. Axel won't take Billy Corgan on his helicopter. <laughs> oh, no I want to see a collab. <laughs> I want to see a collab. I, I could see that happening. Oh, you think man. you think there'll be a jam at the end? What know, What song would you like to see Smashing Pumpkin do like, you know? Billion. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to see that at all, but I, I, <laughs> I could see that happening because, because Billy Corgan brought out people to collaborate with them on their last tour it was like the guy from sugar ray right the guy that was like fucking well he's always Courtney available. love yeah. chino you know yeah, yeah. he's always available yeah. um okay cool man so i mean that's basically it <laughs> yeah. like we'll, we'll you know we're we could i think we we touched on a lot of shit and um <laughs> i don't know i guess that's basically we're very it. thorough how much time did we give him we i mean we're you know we're Kind of at the uh, hour and 40. Really? Yeah, oh, it was a lot. 40. Yeah. yeah, the hour and 40. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I asked everything I wanted to ask. Anything? You said it all. I said it all. <laughs> we we really gave it to him on this one. We did. Pant- <laughs> That's great. Pants off, no condom. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The way the Lord wanted it. Uh, but yo, thank you for <laughs> yeah, inviting thank us over. You. Thank you for talking and, and shooting the shit with us because this is what we love to do. And, uh, you know, this will be a Anytime, fun Anytime, man. This is what I love to do. Thanks for doing this. These guys are great guests. They came to Bed-Stuy. They didn't want anything. I offered them drinks. I offered them fucking... They took your coffee. Shit. They took some coffee. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for driving out here. 100%, and, man. Yeah. I'll is, see you in Scranton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk more shop soon. Right. Word. Word.